0: Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast episode 210. Uh, Joining us this week, uh, return guest Mike D. Burke is here for the first time in almost a year uh, to discuss his upcoming play for the 2019 Playwright Festival, One Christmas Eve, which is happening on July 27th from 7.30 to 9. Uh, Also this week, uh, we're going to talk about uh, some local news, about the Drone Center, about the 2019 primary results, uh, about the... um, democratic debates that happened last week uh, we're going to do some history lessons uh, we're going to do some bits from other blog we'll talk about the 4th of July uh, also this week folks again July 12th coming up not this week but next week July 12th Christmas in July at Handshake City that's next Friday 4 to 8 go to handshake.city to check out information uh, that's it show's coming imminently as always we are happy to have you here it's the Unicast oh yes
1: Kind of work on not being on it but i'm on it
0: heather i watched your uh i watched one of your um your instagram stories before you came in today i don't know if it notified you that i watched it I oh, yeah you yeah, saw I that it. yeah I, saw. It's, I like to watch things it's, I I love well, that. so at least you're using your your social media for a good purpose yeah, you're giving talk, people support
1: yeah. and talking about how i like lions and my myself
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to that in just a second welcome back folks it's the Udicast. Episode 210. Uh, I am, of course, your host, Sam Familaro, joined this week by Heather Waz and Kevin Sullivan, as always, two of my favorite people in the whole world. Uh, Also this week, we were joined by Mike D. Burke, who's returning uh, for his second time uh, since he was on, on August 13th, 2018, which is almost a full year ago, as I close the door to the studio as I say it. Uh, so we had a nice conversation with him. He's also involved in the 2019 Playwright Festival, which will be happening uh, July 26th, 27th, and 28th at the Players of Utica Theater on 1108 State Street. So we had a nice conversation about that. Uh, Heather, I have lots of stuff for you to start, but I'm going to actually start with Kevin this week. Usually I give Heather the, the boots right off the bat. All right. But yeah. Kevin, I was in D.C. for a couple days this week. Yes, sir. Did you enjoy
2: having the house to yourself for three days in a row? Uh, I wasn't home at all. Really I wasn't no almost at all no yeah
0: see I always kind of appreciate those couple of days of like having the house to myself. I would have
2: loved it it would have been great. I just wasn't home yeah yeah busy yeah. a lot of stuff going on. That's a shame mm-hmm. uh, DC was a lot of fun while I was down I believe there. It. except for, <laughs> I don't know if I told I told you
0: this story I'll tell Heather yeah. we we're driving tell the podcast I'll tell yeah. everybody yeah yeah <laughs> everybody can listen not just Heather. oh man so uh, we took a tour bus company that took us to DC for mm-hmm. three days uh let's call them um
1: uh, tour bus company
0: let's call them wade tours oh okay uh <laughs> because i don't think we're ever gonna use them <laughs> um I'm so play, yeah so well uh we they took us down to dc in the bus and for the most part fine we got there a little later than we planned but that kind of always happens traffic is a mess so three days later we're on the way home from dc past all the cool stuff we're driving home our eta is 8 30 at night and weirdly weirdly we are on time first time in our entire lives of doing this This my fourth year going on this trip we've never been on time Mm -hmm. we were on time until we pulled into a rest stop at three o'clock in the afternoon because the bus driver has to they have to like by law you have to stop at a certain amount of time and give yourself a break and then Mm -hmm. get back on the road he stops the bus and the bus never starts again Battery dies no. on the side of the road. And we're not in a throughway station, like an up, like a New York State mm-hmm. throughway station. We're in Pennsylvania on one of those you pull into the side of the road yeah. trucker stops that has, like, a bathroom and, like, four picnic tables. So now I got 38 kids. It's 3.30 in the afternoon. We're, we're still in Pennsylvania. We're supposed to be in New York, in Utica, by 9 p.m. And it's 90 degrees out. And we have nothing to do but take these kids outside And let them sit out in the park while we wait three and a half hours for the guy to come jump the bus. Because that's what it took. We needed somebody to jump the bus. You may be asking, how come no one around you would help you jump the bus? Well, because there's liability reasons for why the guy in the FedEx truck won't help you jump your bus. So we had to wait. It was terrible. Uh, I don't know if you ever had a situation where you've been on a bus or a train that's broke down. But is there anything in the world that makes you angrier than this?
2: I mean oh, I can, certainly, yeah, yeah, certainly millions sure millions of things. I feel like they
1: want to make me that angry. Uh,
2: dude. Uh, he had thirty-eight teens that he was in charge of. You no never, air conditioning in the bus. Okay. <laughs> I, Sitting there.
1: I don't think I just don't feel like I would get that angry about it. I that.
0: get frustrated when I don't have some semblance of control. control. Okay. That's then. number one. And number two, I get frustrated when I have no general idea when the problem is going to be solved. Okay. So if you say to me We're waiting for the guy to come fix the bus. He'll
3: be here. He'll
0: be here whenever. I'm going to get frustrated because I'm like, whenever is not a real time. I have kids here that their parents are going to be calling us in like three hours. I need to have some answer. Mm -hmm. It's like when you text somebody and they don't want to text you back until they have the answer to the question you're looking for. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can just tell me you don't have the answer because I'll stop stressing out at least. At least I know you don't have it. Uh but it was very crummy. <laughs> Have you guys ever had this scenario happen to you? Bus, train going somewhere, you get no. no? oh, happens to me. time. I don't the generally time.
2: take buses or trains anywhere. Really? Yeah,
3: yeah. I do like taking a train. The the
2: mm-hmm.
0: I like go. taking a train. Train Amtrak though is also notoriously bad for being delayed by almost an mm-hmm. hour and a half, two hours almost every train. And I feel like yeah. even
2: then, like I would take a train from like Terrytown or White Plains to the city. You're not gonna catch me on no train from Utica to New York City or a bus. The
0: either the, the train actually from Utica to New York City is not too bad. At least on a train, you can get up. You're not having to like you cramp spaces. It's pretty comfortable most of the time. This bus was not great. I, I did not. I did not care for it. So maybe next time we go with a different tour bus company. Um, either way, we'll move on from that. Heather, I have two questions for you to start this week. Okay. One, in your Instagram story this week. Were you listening to the Transformers animated movie soundtrack on vinyl? It was why do you have that?
1: Because <laughs> I got a record player, and um, what's it, Zach's parents? They were out mom? of all the other records. Oh, all <laughs> the other records. That's I gonna know. say. I bought my first record. I bought was Dire Straits, and then I That's bought, and then I bought Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. and then Steve Winwood, <laughs> and I was happy.
0: Those are all cl- quality hits, right so, there. So and then the
1: I went to Zach's parents. He said, "Oh, my mom's got records." I'm like, great, and uh. <laughs> It so negative. Great. It was Jeez. great. But anyway, Zach has saw one and he said Transformers. So I couldn't say no. I said he could bring the record home. It
0: is a good soundtrack. There's some decent so stuff It was on pretty that,
1: right? good. Yeah. So anyway, Cas loved it. Uh, and the other
0: one, you sent me a text message this week and you were very distraught and I'm going to share it with the, the folks. Oh God. This is the text I, I sent message. I him
1: random text messages all
3: the time. Uh, <laughs>
2: never sent me any messages. <laughs> said-
0: this was her text message from last Tuesday. I hope you have fun on your trip. Thank you. I did. Okay, great. Except for the delay. <laughs> great. I wanted to tell you that Kaz came into my room this morning and asked me who Iron Man and Spider-Man were. I spent the morning showing him YouTube videos. I'm in trouble now. So you're now a superhero parent. I, you... so,
1: I tried to keep him from him as long as I could. <laughs> but daycare, the kids have like Spider-Man clothes and <laughs> Iron Man. So he came, Mommy, who's Iron Man? And then Spider-Man. And I'm like, I had to show him videos. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to not... Be able to talk you about like, it <laughs> now he's super excited and all he wants to do is talk about iron man and spider-man
0: once the cat is out of the bag for kids on, on something that they like like you can try and keep your kids away from like ipads and cell phones yeah. that kind of thing but the minute one of their friends shows it to him then the floodgates are open like the, it's the game's yeah. all over once their friends start talking about it and
1: i was happy with the cute cuddly paw patrol now yeah. we're past that we're way beyond paw patrol now
0: wait till you get into like some real boy stuff when he starts wanting to get like maybe let's start liking sports i think no, you can really that'd enjoy. be awesome <laughs> See, I'm... Neither of my nephews are really into the Marvel stuff. like, mm-hmm. the, But they're all into, like, Star Wars. And I just can't... I'm not feeling it. I'm I just think, not.
1: I don't feel like at three that... I didn't think any kids would be interested in that yet.
0: I think superheroes has a lower um, bar of inclusion for age-wise. Like, I knew superheroes and Batman and stuff sure. were as a kid, I would imagine, like, pretty early on. I think boys are drawn to that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alright, that's it. That's all I got there for that stuff. Let's go into some... Local news this week. Mm. Um, And I have three local stories to talk about here for you. Uh, One is fresh from today. Did you guys hear the announcement today um, from Governor Cuomo that the Empire State Development is building a drone center somewhere in the Mohawk Valley, although they haven't yet uh stated where in the Mohawk Valley we're gonna build it. When it
1: happens, then I'll tell you
3: how I feel about <laughs> you it. Gotta, you gotta answer my question.
0: What should our level of excitement for this uh this potential drone uh center coming to Mohawk Valley be, Kevin Historic.
2: I mean what does that even mean? That's, I just, know, I that's know. just stuff. I don't understand. That's just stuff. Like that's based, so basically we kind of bring anything else? Basically well no, I mean it's it's huge business and only growing forward, so you know it would be a nice thing to have. But with that being said Basically, they've made an announcement that says, we will announce more things later. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, they're announcing that they will be announcing more things. It's
1: like their planning committee right now. They're like, we have an idea. I think this is
0: the worst kind of story you can tell in Utica because of the history no, no. we have of, like, things that we think are coming or things that don't because actually come. I, I don't come. even
1: care. <laughs>
2: now all the salty idiots on Facebook just have more time to pick it apart. Yeah, exactly. And all like uh, all those goons with their fake Facebook accounts are going to be all up in arms. Yeah, I can't
1: wait to see the comments
2: about that. the three headed hydra. I'm sure, there's
1: something about Trump in there.
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, here's some quotes for you. You want to hear Cuomo's mm-hmm. quote on this? Sure. No, uh, <laughs> no, not really. Sure. Our economy is stronger than it's ever been, and our message during this trip was simple: New York is open for business. I think like New York's always open for business. i know. Business. <laughs> I'm, uh,
1: stronger. Not, I'm
0: still. I'm not playing. if you ask the idiots. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I mean. It's like anything else. I I have so little faith in a lot of this stuff that I can't get excited for it. Do we want, like, a, I feel like when I hear Drone Center, my first immediate thought is, like, some Black Mirror nonsense where I just see thousands of drones descending on the city of Utica. I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, that's, is like a... that's your own problem. Uh, <laughs> right. you you got to stop watching Black Mirror. I can't <laughs> help it. It's a good show. Uh, so, so our level of excitement for this is very low. It's there. a non-story. Non-story. It's not a story. It, yeah. it
1: is. <laughs> it's on thunder all right
0: that's fair okay so we'll, we'll we'll save that one on the books uh the other one this week uh, there was a big uh to do this week with Utica school teacher uh, Utica school parents uh showing up to the Utica school board meeting last Tuesday uh, and speaking about major issues that they saw with diversity and transparency problems in Utica schools uh, one of the things in particular is the thought that the that uh Uh, current students cannot relate to their teachers at the schools because they are uh, very, basically most teachers are white and most of the student body is very diverse. And the argument is we should be hiring more diverse teachers in the school system. Now, I'm going to stand behind this. Yes, we definitely should be hiring more diverse uh, teachers and more people of, of different backgrounds to be teachers. The problem is not that we're not hiring these people. The problem I've noticed as a guy who's in graduate school to be an educator is there's not that many people who want to go into that field uh, from these backgrounds. It mm-hmm. seems like, at least in our area. At all. Yeah, and I think the issue here is not why aren't you hiring more minority or more diverse teachers. It's how do we get more people interested in being teachers in 2019, and 2020, to to get that pool larger. Mm-hmm. Don't
2: make it cost 60 grand to earn 30 grand.
0: That's. I mean, that's number one, I feel like, right? And,
2: like, it also takes time, too. You know what I mean? Like, you, if you've only been in this country for, you know, five, ten years, then, you, you know, you were a child. You really haven't had the time to work through the system and make it to that point yet. You know what I mean? Like, the population is too new and too young in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah I think that's a fair point. And I think that, um, you know, it, it is frustrating, I think, you know, for a lot of my students when, you know they feel like the people who are teaching them don't have their best interests in in mind. And I think that's probably sure. more common than we give it credit for. There's also, you know, there's also been a lot of questions over the years about how transparent the Utica School District has been about issues of diversity and hiring over the last 10 years, right? Not wow. like, very. Not very, right? Because most schools, they've never really been all that transparent in the first place. Uh, and it is frustrating when it comes down to parents having to show up for school board meetings in big, giant groups, which, i got to tell you, is not common. If you ever going to a school board meeting, there's nobody there, generally. And, you know, it, it's sort of rough that this is how it has to happen now. The parents, it's good
1: that people are. I mean, people are being more comfortable to come out and speak, and I. Yeah. that's a good thing right now. I hope so. And, again,
0: I hope that this discussion that's been happening between the uh, the parents of this uh, and the school district actually goes somewhere toward this. But I think, again, can the can bigger do, crux of the problem is <laughs> how do we make – public school teacher a more uh a position that people want to aspire to i would say one pay them a little more and two cut down on the cost of what it takes to actually be become a teacher in 2019 so all right um and one last uh local news story before we move out of that uh the while i was gone while i was in washington dc this week uh we had the 2019 primaries for oneida county herkimer county I'm not going to go through <laughs> all the results here, but I have a couple I figured if you guys wanted to discuss. Uh, one, even though he uh, got a little bit of bad press the day before, Anthony Pescenti, uh destroyed Dave Gordon uh, in the Republican United County, uh, uh, County, yeah, County executive race by over 2,000 votes. Uh, Dave Gordon then went on to say that the election was rigged. Did of course you? he did. <laughs> did you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I heard he's a of course loser,
2: he did. So. He's a dyed-in-the-wool fool, just like all these <laughs> idiots. his <laughs>
1: slogan was <laughs> horrible. Every single one of them, <laughs> dude. The
2: Every single one of them. That wasn't even his thing this time. He oh, was wasn't he, no, that that, oh, was that, was that, was last, that was the last. Sorry, thing he ran I'm still for, on to that was the last last he for. But one. he still had signs left over. <laughs>
3: okay. Yeah. Uh,
2: he's got no ideas. He's got no no brains. Well, he literally beat up his wife, like. What are we? The guy's the worst. His argument, and it didn't make any sense to me, was. It doesn't make sense. Was, he's it like, shouldn't well, make sense.
0: Pacenti's approval rating is only 35%. That's how awful you are, Dave.
2: Yeah, what? it's like, well, what's your approval rating? Like, That's you... how awful you are. <laughs> yeah. That's so how awful you are. Were you not surprised Bro, at all? if Jim Zekka wow. is your role model, you're going the wrong way.
0: Fair point. It's a great point and I don't think we have too much more
2: to say. I just thought it was Done with this guy. I
0: was shocked. I he is a little bit. You already said he said you know what he said? He's like
2: he's list. like, "Well, now, you know, I'm going to move down south to South Carolina." Please. Yes. Yeah, begging. I'll come to your house and help you pack if you move and promise to you. never come back. <laughs> you take you take all the gyms with you. Take all the brats with you. Get them all out of here. All you guys pack it up. Yeah. Take your fake Facebook accounts. Go down south and stay down there in the backward swamp areas where your intellect will fit in. Done with this guy. Love it. Uh Jesus. I love it. Yeah,
3: he... This is real life. Yeah. It, it is, You're know I mean?
2: you out here doing press conferences with your dad and a reporter from like a newspaper that you make in your house. <laughs> I mean, and it wasn't it wasn't like
0: Pesenti was out here just killing it with his oh, campaign he. stuff. He just does whatever he wants anyway. It just happens that he's not he, Of course, course he wants, spend
2: way too much money and be in the back pocket of Ray Halburder in the United <laughs> Indian Nation. We know that, but that's how bad you are, Dave Gordon. It's true. Has that's it how bad you are. For a while? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I mean this is like it's any... not. New. Any, any other conversation is just intellectually dishonest. Like this is all it is. What it is, man. Uh, and let's, let's move call on. Like I see him, Heather. You know that. About me. that.
0: Let's love move that. on to the other one: the Democratic uh, race for the mayor for the city of Utica for the Democrat Party. Despite mm-hmm. a very close race, yeah. uh, Joe Marino lost. G- Gfop, multi-time Gfop. Joe Marino lost. This is to the Rob first Palmieri. time we've
2: had two podcast guests going head to head. That's true. Both have been on the podcast. Two Guests of the Utica is going head to head. Let me ask you this question.
0: Uh, I know this isn't a great. This isn't the best scenario for Marino. He'll still be on the ballot as the independent uh, candidate in November. Sure, but this is not a great. This is not great for Paul Mary uh, for for Marino. Mm-hmm. My question for you is: Is this not great for Paul Mary? either no, that it was this I close? Think it
1: was a close call, and I think I mean, you're going to scare him a little bit. I
0: think it pro- I would be a little scared if I were Paul Mary.
2: If you're, I mean, this is this is like a this gets towards like an ESPN level of like how can we. How, manufacture yeah. a narrative out of this? Like, is it bad for Paul Mary that he won? No. No. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, no oh, right, he won. Right. What do you mean bad for him? Is it like, right? Yeah, right, right. I it see was what you mean. was it super close? Yeah. I mean, what do you win? Like seventeen votes to fourteen votes? That's about it? Because nobody goes out and votes for these things. I mean, the what? vote total was was a joke to me. You're be right. You're
0: talking twenty 2,800 votes total. Total. I had to send an absentee ballot.
2: 2,800 in a city of, let's just say, 50-50, because you can only vote if you're registered Democrat. Mm -hmm. But even still, you're talking on a baseline level, you've got maybe 20,000 registered Democrats in the city of Utica, and to only get 2,000 out of however many it is, it's a low number, man. That's tough. But do I think that if I'm Paul, if I'm Paul Mary, do I feel like I'm out of the woods? No, I do not. Right.
0: That, I think that's kind of what I'm no, getting No, I at. do like not. He shouldn't feel all that, like, he should feel glad that he yeah. won, but he shouldn't be like, well, we did it.
2: Is it yeah. a heavy body blow and a knockdown for Marino? It absolutely is. Yeah. But is he out of the fight? I don't think he is. It's
1: sign's still on my lawn. I left it there.
0: <laughs> is there any chance that he pulls in the Republican vote as well? Mm-hmm. In the No? Yeah. You, you don't think so? It? I don't think
2: Some so. Some of them, yeah. Yeah. Just because they don't really have a viable candidate. Like, who are, yeah. they, running? Who are they running as the Republican? Mm. Some guy? Yeah, I've heard his name, I, yeah, I don't remember. remember his name. You know yeah. what I mean? The stuff like that matters a lot less when it comes to local politics and mayoral politics and stuff like that. And right. I think that there's enough anger at, um, you know, between, like, the made-up, like, downtown hospital controversy, between, like, all these different perceptions of what goes on with Paul Mary. I think there's a lot of people who are like, oh, he's just another damn stooge. Yeah that would be swayed by some of Marino's more economic messaging. Sure. Um, So I think there is a chance that they pull some of those people, and Utica traditionally does kind of do that when it comes to general elections for local politicians. People are much less, um, you know, going hard for their specific party line the way they are on a more national level. Yeah.
0: All right, very good. That was a good combo. Uh, Speaking of the national level, uh, we had the first... uh, We don't have to get too far (laughs) into this because we've already gotten to the end of the segment, but... Uh, Wednesday and Thursday of last week were the first Democratic debates. The first 10 uh, Democratic nominees for president or going for to run against Trump were on Wednesday. Uh, The second 10 were on Thursday. The big story, I think, coming out of the two days seems to be uh, Kamala Harris destroying Joe Biden. Seems to be the over. She was very good. And uh, on the on the strength of that uh, debate, she has sort of moved up nationally into that third spot, sort of tied with Elizabeth Warren. Uh, were there any... Do you guys have any particular takeaways
2: from these debates if you watched them? Anything you that sort of stuck with you afterwards? Just that they've got to fit in the herd. Yeah. Got to fit in the herd. They had, they had like 20 people up there. There's six, maybe seven that deserve to be up there.
3: Right, and I mean, I'm not... I that one lady was a
2: looney tune.
0: Talking about Marion Williams, I was just going to say. Yeah, dude, that yeah. lady was
2: crazy. See... <laughs> Here's I feel like thing. she should be running, like, a second-hand consignment clothing Stop. shop. Did you? <laughs> like, Plato's? I feel like if you told me Chris that Posse. lady was the owner of Plato's Closet, and I don't know who owns that, probably very nice people, but, like, if you told me that that was the lady <laughs> who owns a place like that, I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Kate McKinnon. Like, I feel like she's probably like, well, you know what? In order to help our national debt and the economy, we really just need to energize our crystals and align our chakras. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that, ma'am. That's what ma'am, Kate McKinnon
0: was saying. She was on... Colbert. Afterwards, she's like, "I wish there was SNL this week because I'm already working on it." <laughs> she's like, "My my plan is to burn all of the sage in the United States. We're gonna we'll we're fix gonna the meet, we're gonna
2: meet the hate with love." And it's yeah, like, like yeah, and like that's really nice if you're doing like work in your community and you're hanging out. That's all fine and good. But like you're out here pretending to pretending that you're ever going to be president of the United States of America. Was there anybody that you
0: thought did a Outside of uh, Kamala Harris, who seems to be the big winner of these two days, it seems like, from the, the national press standpoint,
2: was there anyone else who stood out for you you thought was interesting, was lost? I didn't learn anything about anybody in the debates. I learned a little I bit. I learned nothing about anybody that we didn't already know. I learned a little bit more about Julian Castro,
0: that he wasn't, like, a total nobody, that he was had more to say than I expected. You're that still was not about ready, it.
2: man. Here's the thing. Like, when I watched the debates, that was one of the big things. Like, there's a lot of people who are like... You know, they they seem to be good people, they have good ideas, but, like, there's a lot of jobs besides president for people to do. That's Mm -hmm. a great point. You know what I mean? Like, Mayor Pete, like, almost everything this Mayor Pete guy says, bro, you were the mayor. Not time for you to be the president. Mm -hmm. I like him, he's a likable guy, but, Mm -hmm. like, it's, you know, we, we gotta stop turning this into homecoming king, and we need to elect people who can do the job. You know what I mean? I don't trust, Mayor Pete would get chewed up and spit out by you know, North Korea and Russia and China mm-hmm. and Iran and all these different places. And a lot alive. of life. I it's think not ready. Of, you're not there yet, man.
0: I think a lot of the question for, especially people who are really caught up on like the Democrat, we got to beat Trump side is which one of these candidates is able to stand there with Trump and go toe to toe with him. The
2: person who can energize their base enough on having proper answers yeah. and plans for the issues.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great answer because I think we get too caught up in like, well, it's a personality contest, like whose personality can go up against Trump, and I think that's kind of a that's a false narrative, right? Like it's as long as it's not Hillary, I think any of these choices might be okay as long as their positions are strong. You're yeah. not
2: going to pull any of his people away from him, so you have to pull. Yeah people who sit in the middle, people who don't really pay attention. And the way to pull those people is to give them something to vote for, not just to ask them to come out and vote against. Mm -hmm. Because then you'll just see people not coming out to vote, like 2016.
0: Uh, And one last thing on this before we move on. Um, I've seen a lot of talk that the problem with some of these big debates is they don't dig into enough of any particular issue. At all. And that maybe they should start going to single-topic debates, like having a whole debate about climate change or a whole debate about taxes. Was that a better platform than what they did this week? I felt like this this week's they tried to do almost everything. Like, it was like, let's do a lightning round question. Ask us this and this and this and this. I'm almost interested in, like, we're going to do a one-hour only, a debate that's only about climate change. Yeah. I'd be more interested in something like that. I don't know how the logistics of that would work. But I think that's an easier way to get a good idea of what well, the policy for issues sure, are.
1: Because people will say, I'm um, for climate change, well, what are you for? What are, what are your right. intentions to do? Because you could say that, but I would like to know what your plans are for it. What That's you, what I want to hear. What's the plan? Yeah, I don't want like,
2: to hear what you support. What's, what's your plan?
1: When they were going down and asking plan? people, what is your... And they're like, climate change. the other people are like, China. And then once people started saying climate change, people were like, China and climate change. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah. yeah, okay, you've already lost my vote. Because if climate change isn't your first thing, then hmm. I don't even want to hear from you.
0: Uh, I think, and I'll leave it on this one last thing. The guy on the second night, Andrew Yang, who is the former tech executive who's into the uh, universal basic income, he really only got about maybe like five minutes to talk the whole time he was there and his whole question was explain universal basic income to us mm-hmm. and what i thought was the most interesting thing in the whole thing was watching the other nine people on stage watch him explain it and uh, and trying to figure out how many politicians on stage were buying what he was selling whether or not they would actually campaign for it like i don't think joe biden's into universal basic income but maybe one of these younger candidates is like hmm I'm going to save that for a rainy day. or to keep that idea in my head. Maybe not his version, but I'm going to mm-hmm. steal something from that. So, but well, that was pretty interesting during the debate as well. All right. Uh, moving on. I have just one very quick one. Uh, instead of an, I'm done with this guy, uh, we're changing it a little broader. I'm done with this city. Uh, earlier this week, uh, the city of Boston, uh, got an application approved for celebrating a straight pride parade because that's exactly what we need. So more straight pride parades. Uh, Shout out, you know Boston though seems That's like not this the city
2: though. City of Boston no? City, oh no, I mean the city's not throwing the parade, oh, but they just
0: approved the event. Yeah. Well, still, I don't like Boston enough as a city as it is. It's fair. So you know, enjoy your straight pride parade, as I never come back. It's to
2: gonna Boston. be it's gonna be twelve idiots in black polo shirts, just like it is every single time. With
3: Budweiser. It's gonna be and like it's gonna
2: be like twelve up. proud boys standing out there begging the police to protect them from thousands of counter protesters.
0: And what, it, what kills you, though, is it's it was reported last Wednesday. Oh, um, the event organizers, a group who calls themselves, this is a phenomenal group name, Super Happy Fun America, that's the real name of the group, amazing, uh, Claim the parade isn't anti-LGBTQ. Of course. Uh, but they named right-wing troll Milo Yannanopoulos as the parade's grand marshal. Of course. So you because can't, these people
2: never argue in good faith. Yeah,
0: can't have one or the other. Uh, all right, so I'm done with these guys. I'm done with that city. I'm blaming the city of Boston as a whole for that. How'd you like that two-game beatdown in London from the Yankees? Uh, And let's move on to this week's uh, interview uh, with Mike Burke, whose second time he's been on the podcast. Uh, You may know him from the Breaking Bread podcast, but you may also know him from the upcoming 2019 Playwright Festival, which is what we're talking about today. Uh, I'll do the links for everything for his upcoming show uh, after the uh, after the episode but uh, july twenty seven 7 thirty and nine uh, will be his specific play. Uh, you get a deal if you check out all three of the plays including one from GFOP Nick Priori. So uh, go to players uh, and check out their info and here is our interview with Mike Burke. We'll be back in just a moment. That would be pretty much it, yeah. Internet. I don't know why I make such a big deal out <laughs> of not doing that to people. Maybe it's your thing. Maybe you're just like, yeah, no, no. I don't
4: want to like start off with that, a, you know?
0: There's a lot of things that I get scolded for in this podcast. Really? One, from Ooh, Kevin yeah. and Heather, usually. Sure is telling people that I don't have a lot of
4: stuff this week, which is not true, apparently, all the time. I have more stuff than you're I ever yourself You're setting yourself... You know what you're doing? You're setting your, the whole audience up for this big like, th- doubt, and then yeah. all of a sudden, boom! Them, what? <laughs> well, you know it's funny, too, because sometimes that happens, and then what will end up
0: happening is I'll be rushing through yeah. the end of the segment. We're not talking about this. We're not talking about this. We're not talking about this. And then
4: I'll briefly talk about them anyway. <laughs> uh, Mike, it's nice to have you back yeah. in the studio. Good to be back. Things? definitely. Things are good. Um... Yeah, things are going really well. I actually just got back from a road trip. I was in uh, yeah. I was going to ask you coming back from Virginia. Yes. What are you doing down there? Uh, I actually went to pick up a
0: cat. <laughs> to pick
4: up a cat? Yeah, yeah. Um, my my wife's cousin, like she fosters cats and stuff like that. And she had like sure. She had like nineteen cats, and 10, nine of them were just her own. Hmm. And uh, so we went down there, and I met her, which is a halfway point in Virginia, because she's from Alabama. Oh, sure. So we met up there. Originally, um, my wife and her brother, Mike, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. They were supposed to go, but things got changed around, and I had to go. So I was like, okay, yeah, I can do this, you know. How long the drive is that? 12 hours. 12 Roanoke, 12 hours. Virginia. Yeah. Never been there. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, <laughs> man. Like, I've I don't never... know about you, but I get weird on road trips when I'm by myself. Yeah, you start to go a little stir crazy,
3: right? Yeah, like right.
4: after like I don't know 6 or 8 hours, you're like yeah. I'm making weird noises out of nowhere to myself. Like I'm like I'm convincing myself I'm like a fish. I could put half my brain asleep and have the other navigate. <laughs> I, see. I get a lot I get rambly yeah. and I get really uh
0: what's the word? I a little punch drunk. Oh uh, yeah, after a right. I just right. start well, you just start laughing about nonsense that you wouldn't laugh at yes. otherwise. You're, like, You're laughing
4: your ass off. Like,
0: what's so funny? He's like, I don't know, a milk truck drove by. You're like, <laughs> yes. oh, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> like, is it? Um, well, I appreciate you coming to do this. I know that you guys had sort of a hectic uh, uh, weekend here. Yeah. Um, and I also called you. I also texted you on Friday to ask you when you were coming oh, over Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, right. Sad. You thought it was,
4: yeah. <laughs> I I'm, was like, wait a second. That I don't shows know. you like, how... Bit crazy my weekend that yeah. I was actually
0: in DC for. You were telling me I was. So what DC. were you down there for? Like a field work, trip?
4: Yeah, yeah. work stuff. Took that's some cool. kids on a field trip. Man, I've always wanted to go there. My my gone,
0: gone now. It's. Uh, I mean, so I'll, I'll put it this way, right? Yeah. If you're, if you can not roll your eyes mm-hmm. at all the very partisan politics that's going on on both sides in DC because it's such a politically driven city right if you yeah. can ignore that yeah you can put by all the nonsense yeah. it's great yeah. the monuments are great most of the museums are free and they're really cool like i we just did the um the african-american history museum was oh, awesome man. and we just did um i mean I, we go to the smithsonian art uh museum every year anyway nice and I, I that's my my jam yeah i, I want to go there definitely. Uh, so cool man and that one's totally free. You walk in, you yeah. like, hi, you wave to the person, you just walk see, up. See, that's you wicked.
4: Want. That should be like, everywhere is. I mean, Yeah, you'd
0: think it would be. I mean, yeah. New York, they kind of guilt you into it, right? Like, you can walk into the Museum of Natural right. History
4: and pay nothing,
0: but they're like, huh? Mm, Suggested I mean, donation.
4: see this box here? It's clear for a reason. <laughs> uh,
0: this is episode 210. Damn. Uh, normally, I know in the past, I have given people trophies when they come on for the second time uh, like, a, it, like a level. Yeah, the two timers club up. is what I called it <laughs> uh, for many years. We've kind of gotten away from it because we uh-huh. have so many. So many. So many two timers over yeah. the time comes over. And um, so I didn't get you a trophy. I'm sorry about that. Uh, well. But uh, if it makes you feel any better, the last like seven people who came on for two timers club did not get trophies. I'm sorry to all of you. Well, you know uh, what? I'm we, broke. We, 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 we must not to... have
4: deserved it. I don't know. <laughs> uh,
0: so I want to start with a. We, 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 ah, ah, obviously, we're here to talk about the 2019. Uh, playwright Festival. Yes, uh, yes. Very but funny. I do have a lot of other stuff to throw at you. So awesome, man. I'm here for that. Um, let's start. Let's start with the other stuff first. Uh, uh, toss last salad. time, yeah, <laughs> a mixed salad, a mixed <laughs> variety bag of podcast. Oh, topics. yeah. Last time you were on the show, yeah, uh, you were on with your buddy Tom Malone. That was episode 164. That was August 13th of Man. 2018.
4: That's right, yeah. Almost a full year. I was trying to remember exactly when that was. Oh, yeah. I had
0: to go do the read. I did not know off the top of my yeah, head, obviously. Yeah. Um, but at that point in time, we were sort of cross-promoting podcasts. You were you were doing yeah. the breaking, uh, breaking Bread podcast. That was awesome, yeah. Uh, I went to check today to see when your most recent one was. I want to say it was mm.
4: December of last year. Yeah, 2018? it was December. Are you doing, like, a seasonal thing, or are you guys taking a break So, for originally, we had talked and stuff like that, and we were doing, like, a seasonal thing. And I was like, we'll do season one, we'll stop here, and then we'll start season two whenever we do in 2019. Sure. Right? So, we, we actually recorded an episode in uh, January with uh, Rachel Bartnick of uh, Almost Local. Oh, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super, super I'm awesome. <laughs> it. it was a great... <laughs> we still haven't posted it yet. We still... We have it. It's all recorded and <laughs> stuff. And the thing is, it, it's been tough... Uh, getting our schedules to line up, Tom yeah. and I, because Tom actually, he recently um, got transferred to a different department in his in his job. He works for the state. Oh, sure. And now he is actually going to be moving to Lake George. Oh, wow. So he's like two and a half, three hours away, you know, so it's, it's hard to meet up and stuff. So I don't even know what's happening really with Breaking Bread. We've talked a little bit. But we haven't actually said, like, are we going to stop doing it or are we just going to, like you know, try and do something over the air or sure. something, you know, so.
0: You know, we've, I've done a couple of the over the air things. That's mm-hmm.
4: something I, I don't love to do it. Yeah, I, was, I uh, wasn't I was like, I don't know if the audio quality would be. And the stuff audio like that. quality tends to not be as much of a problem oh, as okay. it is the... Chemistry?
0: No, the delay. There's, oh. There's always like that yeah. half second, quarter, whatever it is, that like that little miniature delay that exists. Yeah. It really sort of stops you from having that sort of concise conversation that you can ping pong yeah, you got Yeah, going you can't yeah. have it. And yeah. Every time I've done it, I've felt I'm a little frustrated mm-hmm.
4: with the process. I could see that. I could totally it. see that. Yeah, that's and, what I would be worried about too.
0: Yeah, uh, and it, it's frustrating. I mean, this show, we're on, what was it, Episode 210. We just right, celebrated our four-year anniversary two weeks ago. Wow. There.
4: Four years, only 210 episodes?
0: Well, it's 52 episodes a week. So, oh, yeah. 52 okay. episodes a year, so 204, oh, yeah. 208, and then uh, we're two
4: over. Damn, it just seems like you guys like are like this grandfather podcast. I don't know. You, know, <laughs> what you was, know what I mean? Like
0: To be totally honest, that was always my like plan. It's like, yeah. listen, I'm going to do this because nobody's doing it right now. And this was four years ago I came right. back. I was like, no one's doing this right now. Yeah. Within ten years, five years, everyone will be doing it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have... Four hundred episodes of back of backlog to go oh, back on, man. And I think, honestly, I tell people all the time, it's just because I'm an insane person. Yeah, because I'm an wow. insane individual. Yeah, and also the fact that you know, me and Kevin live in the studio together, right? And yeah. Heather works up the road from the studio, yep. and she stops in on the way home. Like it's, we've gotten pretty lucky in terms of being able to do it yeah. on the fly. Consistently. Uh, we have a nice yeah. little group of people who sort of stepped in over the years right? And sort yeah. of like filled in if we needed help. Some
4: characters here and there coming yeah, in. The yeah, Justin Parkinson's the role right. who yeah. may or
3: may
0: not swing in after we're done with this interview <laughs> to talk about his thing. But Beautiful. Um, so you're still sort of up in the air about what you guys are going to do. We are,
4: uh, unfortunately. I really want to. I really want to do it. I know he like really likes to, but it's just so hard with really work for him. had well, like, a nice uh, time with you guys when we were over at the house. Yeah. Except for yeah. The dogs attacking me. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. Those dogs came out of nowhere. Um, I've actually been thinking about starting a, a podcast solo of, of mine. Um, we're all sure. But I just want to do like uh, mostly focus on writing, actually, like that. So. I'm glad you say that because I
0: was going to get into a little bit of writing stuff with you. Mm. What would you like to do, do you want to do like creative writing or just breaking down writing or what are you sort of thinking about um, with that aspect?
4: Yeah, I would, well, how I wanted to do it was I'd eventually interview, you know, different writers and local writers sure. that I know. So I'd talk about their process, talk about my process. And then also I wanted to slip in, you know, some episodes that are just like, hey, I'm going to read the short story to you that I wrote, sure. you know, and uh, stuff like that. And also talk about the actual breakdown of like, you know, like the different, you uh, you know, different plots and, and and all that. Everything that goes into it, essentially. There was definitely... Without boring people. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a great
0: point because when I first started doing the Blogspot thing when I was yeah. in Brooklyn, I started like the, the Family on the Wookiee podcast yeah. and the blog... I ran two different Blogspots, basically. I ran... At the same... When yeah, you yeah, yeah, just yeah. started them? So I ran thebrooklynzoo.blogspot.com, which is still a real website. You can still <laughs> go find it. It's not worth your time. Uh, but that was the... Basically the homepage for my okay. original podcast. Yeah. And then I owned another one, which was just this nonsense blog I used to run called uh, John Wilkes Blog. Uh, Okay. John Wilkes Blog. Yeah, it's a blog that sneaks up on you. I made that based totally around uh, that joke. Um, That was great. But that, for a while, when I was really getting into writing, sort of became my avenue to allow
4: people to share the process. Like, I'm going to put, like, two chapters of this thing I'm working Mm -hmm. on, and you guys can reach out. Yeah, Yeah, getting feedback. You know what I mean? I mean... It's so important to do, and it's just, there's so many, there's so many writers around here, and there's so many people who don't like hook up and collaborate or, or meet up and be like, hey, I'm writing this thing, check this out. Like, well, I think there's two, know? I think there's two main
0: mentalities here. Mm-hmm. Right, you are either the kind of person who appreciates the creative process of bouncing stuff off other people, right. and working with other people, and yeah. having that mold the idea, yeah, or you're one of those people who's like, I need to do this by myself in a room oh, and yeah. lock myself away from the world for months so that no right. one else interacts, and yeah. I think there's positives and benefits to both. I really just think it's... Yeah, you no, feel. there totally
4: yeah. is. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You can... I mean, obviously, you can get a ton of work done if you just lock yourself in <laughs> somewhere. You can also drive yourself a little nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. also, and also <laughs> at the same it, time, though. if you if you have someone else bouncing off ideas or a couple different people to talk to, I mean, you're just talking things out, you know what I mean? You're yeah. not taking, like, like, oh, this person said this, that's exactly right, now I have to do that, you know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. taking everything with a grain of salt, and then you're processing it to yourself, and you're... you're you
0: know it's a good it's a great point because when i was younger playing in music uh, playing in bands playing music mm-hmm. there's always this question people would ask you like do you write all the songs yourself or yeah. do you work with other people and yeah. the answer is usually like whatever right, right. Like, whatever works right yeah. like some yeah. people are better off at it some songs I'll come in and be like here's a whole song some right are like, yeah. here's like here's two seconds of a song what can we do with it right yeah yeah so i think it really just depends on who you trust who yep. you like to work with yes. um, and how comfortable you feel giving up part of that creative process right. to somebody else right? yeah uh, you could ask most of the folks in this podcast i feel very uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> releasing my creative process
3: ah, to somebody
0: else. the secret uh, recipe huh? that's yeah be an anal retentive maniac <laughs> is, uh, yes. is uh, the secret uh let's actually start here i have a copy of the Poetry book you left me here last time, which was oh, very nice. Great. I did bring you. Up. Uh, yeah. yeah, very sweet uh, that you signed it on the ah. inside. I appreciate <laughs> that. And I was looking up a little information uh, about this. Uh, this is the fourth thing you've written, or the fourth major uh, it's, thing you It's, you've it's the fifth book, actually. Fifth book. Yep.
4: yep. Uh, what's uh? So five. That's five books. This is a poetry style book. Is it all poetry yeah. style? No, stuff No, no. So it... this is actually my second poetry collection. Nice. Uh, my first one was called uh, "Dreams of Love and Madness and Passion Through Poetry," mm-hmm. um, which I also did on on Lulu.com. yeah Yeah. And then uh, my very first book was uh, called "Short Stories of a Man Named Frankie Dingle," which mm. I wrote yes. uh, a bunch of short stories when I was in uh, my last year of high school, and I was like, "I'm gonna publish this thing," you know what I mean? And I, like, I just went online, I did a whole bunch of research and stuff, and like, I found like this uh, self-publishing company. I called them up myself, you yeah, know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm 17, I'm just, I'm like, hey, you know, how do I do this? You know, whatever. They're like, oh, we'll walk, we'll send you. They send me these packages and stuff, you know. Um, so that's how I got kind of started doing that. Well, I, I guess my question
0: for you is this, yeah. right? So poetry, I took creative writing many times over my lifetime. Yeah. Particularly in college, my last couple years, I took a lot of it just as an elective. Mm-hmm. Poetry was one of those things that I really struggled with. Okay. It was. I'm, I love to write long form stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm almost too long form sometimes <laughs> when I write things. It's sort of the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Did you ever... Did you have any sort of struggles with the poetry thing? Or did you find that easier than doing the long-form thing? What What is it um, that drew you to sort of do with the poetry initially?
4: So, what got me into poetry was uh, actually my 8th my grade teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, we, it was an assignment at school. It was like, write, write a poem. Yeah. You gotta write like two poems. They gotta be based off of uh, an emotion or, or a story or something like that. And uh, so how I really got into it was I, I could write stories. i had always been writing stories since I was like 7. Mm. So then... I was like, okay, I just got to kind of condense it into this form, you know. I got to change yeah. the format of it, um, and I, I wrote this poem called uh, "A Fox in the Shadows, a Wolf in the Light." Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a good fun experiment, and I did. And then from there, I started to discover that I can use poetry to express emotions inside of myself that I can't usually express, you know, just saying them. Sure. You know what I mean? It. it you know, as a writer, it is easier for me to just express myself on the paper, um, and, and especially through poetry, I can like get like I find myself I get really, really deep down a rabbit hole. That can get pretty dark um, at times, or I had anyways. And then also, if I'm feeling obviously, um, you know, more love in my life and stuff that, I, I can open up to that as well.
0: Let me ask you this question. Uh, I think you're a little younger than me, if I remember correctly, but I'll be thirty. I- yeah, you're a little couple years younger yeah. than me. Do you feel as you get closer to your 30s, you have a harder time with the darker stuff? Yeah. Actually,
4: actually, yeah. <laughs> a good, I feel like I have Yeah, time. like I feel like I lose yeah. less, uh, you're losing like the angst or whatever. I don't know. Like, I go
0: I go back and listen to some of the songs I wrote yeah. back in the day. I'm like, oh my God, what was wrong? with I so sad? Yes. Sad. Yes. But my God. It's important though, I think too, in another way to sort of, capture those raw right capture that
4: uh, that year in your life those moments like, in your life like if i wrote a poem now it wouldn't be about anything it'd be like paying my bills while <laughs> making macaroni yep what a what a day i was thinking <laughs> about that recently i was like man i don't think i could ever write another poetry book like i don't know i don't even know if i could do that what sort of uh, and is the
0: playwright then is doing the plays and like screenplays? Is that sort of the natural progression from where your creative process has gone to start doing these sort of plays that incorporate other people into it?
4: Um, you know, yes, the the collaborative format uh, is is huge with me. I really just started writing plays because you know I, I got into it doing doing some acting stuff with with uh, mm. players and stuff, and then I was yeah. like. I was like, how do you do this? You know, how do you write this play? And then I was like, I looked up the... With me, it always starts with a format. So it's like... Template, yeah. It's like, what is the template? How, how do people actually write these things? How does it has mm-hmm. to, have to look? And then I'm like, oh, okay. Then I just have to make a story, but format it to this. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's... Writing's pretty much all the same, but it's just different formats. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, My biggest struggle, I feel like, too, though, is I'm always concerned, especially with my writing. Yeah. That every character sounds like me.
4: Oh, See that that can be a major concern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have to you have to get really used to what you sound like cuz definitely yes. every time I used to write a story like you know from 16 to, it's really like 23 or something like that. They all sounded like yeah. me, you know, because it's like every, especially every main character, I'm basing it off of myself, what I look like, sure. my hair, you know, things like sure, that. Exactly. Like, I'm like, yes, this guy is me. He's doing some awesome stuff, like, <laughs> but his name's not Mike, you know, <laughs> it's somebody else. <laughs> exactly. So then, like, yeah, I don't know. After a while, you gotta, you start to hear yourself. And you're like, mm, wait, hold on, pull back.
0: I'm trying to think of some of the fake names I've come up with for <laughs> characters who are myself. Uh, yeah. I think there was definitely one. I was Ben Rooney in one book that I was working Ben in. Rooney? Yeah, Benjamin Rooney. That uh, sounds
4: like an awesome name.
0: Ben Rooney was a combination of Ben Folds from Ben Folds 5 and okay. former professional soccer player Wayne Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I... Because I think that coming up with names, yeah. like actual names for people, is yeah. some of the hardest to make it not sound uh, it is. like it's some made-up nonsense. Yeah. And Ben Rooney is also some made-up sounding nonsense. Yeah, like It totally. sounds like a fake name. Oh right? my god, yeah. Uh, like, no one's names are generally that, like on the ball right? right
4: right I feel like the best movie Peter is just, Parker yeah, yeah exactly you know, like, like, the best movies just look through like a like a
0: like a baby book, book or something you <laughs> yeah. Know
4: what I mean? yeah dude I like I like it's not that I'm stealing my wife says I'm stealing names all the time but it's like you know if you have friends you got relatives people are named these names you know it's true <laughs>
0: everyone I know is named Mike,
3: <laughs> right?
4: Mike everywhere, you know uh
0: let me ask you this question so uh You've been doing stuff with Players of Utica for a while now. It seems like about seven years. Seven years. Yeah. So this is even before they went to their new location on State no, Street. Oh, no, no, no. Uh,
4: Has it been that long since they've been on State Street? So I've been doing stuff with them since 2012. Oh, I guess so. so that's uh, seven so years. So you yeah. was that how long were they were they in the building in New Hartford? Is that long? I see. I now? have no clue. Um, <laughs> I only came to them in 2012. Like I found out, <sighs> like you know, because when I was growing up, I feel like
0: Players used to be in. New Hartford? They were in New Hartford. Yeah, back in the that, day. And that, that burnt down. down. Yeah. And so you've been they... there since the new location. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. Nice. And uh, so let's get into, I guess, the main reason we're here today. Sure. Uh, the 2019 Playwright Festival, oh, which is yeah. happening on June 26th, 27th, and 28th. I guess correct. correct? Yep. Right. And your play, uh, which we'll talk about in just a second, uh, yep. One Christmas Eve, is sandwiched in between the other two. That's on June 27th, and that's from 7.30 uh, to 9 p.m., uh, and that is at uh, the player's location at yes. State Street? yep, yep. right cool. at the
4: player's stage right there, $10 a ticket, uh, I believe it's $25 for all three plays. If you go see all Yep, if you go see Very all nice. three, so that's a pretty good deal, uh, I think, anyways.
0: Have you, um, now I was reading a little bit about this, you, uh, we have the, syno- I have the synopsis pulled up, but uh, can you share a little bit about the, the play One Christmas Eve and what it's about here? Sure,
4: um, so basically it's, it's a fish out of water story, you yeah. know, um, This elf, Nicole, uh, from the North Pole, obviously, working for Santa, you (laughs) know? Uh, She gets pulled into the office. She thinks she's about to get fired because somebody said that she was going to get fired. Mm -hmm. And then, it turns out, Santa's just trying to give her this mission, basically. Uh, She's got to deliver this special package to the human world, to his friend, Jack Frost. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah... So then, like, it's a story basically with she goes down to the, the human realm. She actually goes to New York Mills. <laughs> um, and, like, then all these characters from the North Pole are coming. They're, like, you know, so... So fantastical, almost. It's in the fantastical. Story. It's a Christmas story. It's, uh... Yeah. There's now, some singing involved.
0: <laughs> now, uh, you did another play earlier this year with them. Was that...
4: Uh... First date was that also? That oh that was 2016. 2016. So that was the yep. first play you done with them. That was the my first original play that I uh, was that. Uh, what was that mostly about? Was that like sort of slice of life? Kind so of? that was uh, literally yeah about some two okay. people's first date.
0: So um, kind of well the reason I bring it up is just because it's kind of an interesting jump to go from sort of like a slice of life like something about like a right. real basic scenario to jump to something very like fantastic and like sort of over Yeah, top, well,
4: uh, so if you so if you're not familiar with first date, it actually wasn't very slice of life at all. Oh, okay, good. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like um <laughs> so these these two people David and Zoe are going on their first date. Mm-hmm. David brings Zoe back to his apartment to just have a good night, you know, get some drinks, whatever, talk and stuff. Well, <sighs> Lo and behold, there's a giant storm, his DVD player's not working, <laughs> he gets a knock on the door, his best friend Jax shows up with a six-pack of beers, he had just drove like 3,000 miles for no reason, because he got <laughs> kicked out of his apartment, apparently, then all of a sudden, a knock comes the door, Jax's mother's there, he, she shows up, she's high as a kite for some reason. <laughs> Then, oh my god, then Zoe's, <laughs> no, no, then Jack, no, then David's ex, who happens to be a Russian vampire, shows up. Oh! Yeah. And then... So, say up yeah. until yeah. the
0: vampires, that's pretty common for what I see at my house most yeah. of the time. Yeah, oh, well. Yeah, so, no. I'm sure it's there's a vampire
4: like, here and there. You never you know. know. Not that I'm aware yeah. of. Oh, yeah. They're then, not, they don't show up in the mirrors. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was uh, that was pretty fa- fantastical as well. But I, I wrote that one as if it was a, the, a pilot episode of a sitcom. Sure. You sure, know? Sure, sure. So, so
0: my um, I get, uh It's really interesting, though, because it's sort of like, I see where you're sort of starting from these, like, general places. First date, getting called into the office for a meeting, and then sort of expanding outward. Was there, like, uh, were there, like,
4: particular playwrights that you were interested in, in terms of style that you looked Um, at? Yeah, actually. uh, So I was pretty familiar with Tennessee Williams growing up, Yep. and then um, I really started studying Arthur Miller. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mostly because I was like, because the very first play I did was All My Sons, sure, and I played George, and I love that character. Cause he's like this angry guy, and I'm never, I'm not very angry, you know. So, yeah. So like, I, had to, I got to be really like upset, and like it was great. And I was like, man, it'd be really cool to like reverse this and see it from like the, my character's angle, you know. So then I started starting, How does Arthur Miller like write plays and stuff? You know, like what is the, what are the lengths and and things like that? Yeah. You
0: know? Well, it's funny, Arthur Miller. We did. Um I sat in an English class this mm. year for my education stuff and uh, they were doing
4: The Crucible. Oh, yeah. Which, right. That's like uh, the first one you're introduced to. Well, I kind of oh, rolled my eyes at it when they said I was like, ugh, damn Crucible oh again. God, like, again.
0: I gotta tell you, it's been a long time since mm-hmm. I... I was like, this is good. <laughs> I'm like, this is pretty good. Giles yes. Corey, underappreciated, my <laughs> son, crushed by the rocks, stood up for what he believed. Um... So, seven years you've been doing stuff with Players of Utica now. Yeah. How's that connection years. been for you in terms of, like, people you've worked with, like, the location, um, and they've been accommodating to you in sort of, like, that way? Yeah,
4: you know, I mean, I like all the people I've worked with. I've had a lot of great directors, always meet a lot of uh, good actors and, and different writers I've met and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which is really neat. i um, done some collaborations with people. The, the biggest thing to me is, like, the board is very, and whoever's on the board is kind of very like, this is what we do. This sure. is our stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, you get someone like me who's like, no, like we could all do this, you know yeah. what I mean? You know, marketing, all this. Like <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, it's something I noticed with a lot of places around here. People it's mostly always, like, like community yeah. places, I feel like that mm-hmm. have been around for a long while, you know, sure. they get set in their ways a little bit. And even though like like from different board members I've heard like, oh we just we, we can't get new people in here, you know, we want like oh, yeah. we need some we need a fresh thing. Like we're just not getting the people through the door, which they're not, you know, I mean, I think that happens though. With
0: it goes in such weird spurts, yeah. right? Like, I, yeah, yeah, it's not every year, definitely. I, I yeah. think that you. I think about it in terms of education. Like this, mm-hmm. I do a lot of internship stuff for my yep. kids this year, and like this year, I just a lot of, no one, no one's feeling it this year. Yeah. It's just like I don't know what it is. Like yeah. people are kind of over it, or the kids are over. It. I don't know what's right. going on, and maybe it changes, but you know, it's hard to pull in new people it when is. you feel like you've. Extended your reach as far as you're going to be able to right. get a reach, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we struggle with that with almost anything I do with oh, yeah. podcasts. Like, yep. 60,000 people in this city. Right. How many people know what a podcast is of those 60,000? Right. Yeah. Maybe 20. God, um, everybody
4: should by now. You know what I mean? Like, I thought geez, it would come around. I feel like faster. it's super mainstream. Now. I
0: think it's. I think the idea that people have podcasts, yeah. is mainstream. Right? Yeah, right. Like, that's like a joke now. Like, yeah, check out yeah. my SoundCloud link. Check out my right, podcast. Right, right,
4: exactly. They used to be like the uh, I'm a DJ. Oh, D- yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, right. But
0: I, I wonder. I think sometimes too, and I'm, I'm like that too. I think you get set in your ways with mm-hmm. podcasts too. Like, I listen to a disturbing amount of soccer podcasts. Wow. Okay. I you love soccer. what it is, though. right? Yeah. Because you can yeah. sort of find like these niches. You're almost yep. better off like picking like a hard. Niche. Yeah. Which is actually very—that's true. Which is why I find the writing thing very interesting. It's like I don't know of too many podcasts outside of like specific the specific Stephen King
4: podcast. I Right? Listen to yeah, yeah. That
0: focuses a lot on like writing. Maybe I'm just not looking. I'm sure oh, there's yeah. actually a ton of them. I'm yeah, sure there are. There right? Is, yeah.
4: yeah. Um, but they're yeah they're all very different and stuff. And
0: well, between doing the directing, I assume you're doing a little bit of acting in this as well. You wrote the play. Yeah, actually,
4: I yeah. am going to make a cameo in there. Right. So you do all the podcast stuff. You're still doing marketing firm stuff. I shut up. Are you still working for marketing firm? Uh, no, I haven't there. done anything with them. Um, actually, since last year. I did one thing with them last year. I did a voiceover mm-hmm. for some commercial. And uh, I don't know. They're, they're a little bit of an issue, too. Only I like those guys as well, but yeah. it's like... Uh, working with them, it's like I, I did a voiceover for them for, the, for this one thing last year. Then yeah. two years ago, I also did a voiceover thing for them. I haven't seen any... Dollars, so I hear you. You know what I mean? mean which, which, whatever. I'm not. Compl- I'm whatever. It would have been like sixty bucks. Whatever. I don't care. But you know, I'm actually waiting on a seven hundred dollar check
0: that I'm supposed to get for some job that seriously you know this year. Yeah, and it's not their fault. Like the no, yeah. Doing it. But I, uh, I'm in that game where like I'm waiting for the check to come in. Uh-huh. I also desperately need to take my car to the shop. I'm oh, like, oh
4: man, let's yeah. just uh, yep.
0: push it out one more day. We'll see
4: what goes on. That, that happens, dude. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well. What, I the reason I brought all this stuff up, though, in yeah. the first place, was I was actually very impressed by your ability to sort of keep yourself busy. I know that that's not always, like, something that a lot of people strive for, to be busy all the time. I feel well, I like... say
4: I say productive, not busy, but... Productive, right, yeah. right, right.
0: Because right. I, I I say to myself, like, you know, doing the podcast, doing me, Utica, doing mm-hmm. my real job, but the like, yeah. time with the family. I yep. I have no time for any life for myself. So I guess my question is for you, like, do you find time to do things in your
4: life for yourself still, or have you been... Yeah, I mean... I mean, for me, like you know, doing the writing and illustration stuff—that is like my stuff. You know what right. I mean? That's that's that's, that's, what gives that's my away. time to zone mm-hmm. in and stuff. And also, I you know I, I get to the gym every day. So like that that like hour that's and a, a half, morning, like yeah. that's like that's perfect right there. And then you know I get up early before you know, my wife and stuff. So I'm, I got that solace in the morning. I just got my my like the, the cats and dog running around. Yeah. You know so. <laughs> i've noticed too as i get older that i like that morning period when i was a yeah. kid i hated it
0: but i love that early morning like couple hours before yeah see awake so i've
4: like... always been like a, a weirdo i used to get up at 6 a.m in high yeah. school you yeah. know what yeah. i mean because i actually want i got work out in before i went to high school so like that's a power move yeah and or i or i draw or something like that you know like well, i think you know for me I, it sounds kind of depressing like i tend
0: to wake up really early yeah even if i go to work like oh, i really get up my first alarm goes off at, like,
3: 5.45. Hmm. Uh,
0: yep. I usually am up and out of bed by, like, 6.30, 6.40. But then I'll also take, like, an hour to just sort of slow roll through my morning. I'll like <laughs> make oatmeal. Yeah. I'll read the news. Maybe i make coffee, depending on if I have Do you have, like, a little time. mini
4: routine you do? I mean, do you do the same thing every morning I
0: mean, much? I have a mini routine in my head for what I'd like to do every right, morning. Right, yeah. Whether or not I actually get around to it That's depends crux, yeah. on... Uh, Depends on what day of the week. I feel yeah. like Mondays, I'm usually up and ready to go, By around yeah, Thursday, right? I'm like, eh, Yes, you do. We're almost at the end here. I, I always sh-
4: find, like, the, the end of the... Yeah, Thursday, <laughs> Friday, like, I feel all the energy being drained out of me. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm just exhausted right now. I've like, been on know. the
0: kick for years, dude. Mm-hmm. If you would move me from an eight-hour workday to a ten-hour uh-huh. workday, yeah. I would do that and then take an extra day off a week. Like... I would only work Monday through Thursday. Yeah. I would be happy to work 10 hours a day. Yeah. Tw- whatever it is, the extra hours to compensate for that last day. Yeah, yeah.
4: I think people need three days off. I think... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just- you know what? I actually... Uh, my last job before the one I'm yeah. doing right now, I had that. I had 10-hour <gasps> days, uh, and I would work... Yeah, I worked just four days a week. And uh, I did really like... I loved... I had Monday off. Monday <laughs> was it. So I had Sunday... Or Saturday, Sunday, Monday, you know? If you have the traditional Saturday, Sunday day off...
3: Mm.
0: You can almost count on that Saturday being wasted.
4: Oh, yeah. Because you're like, yeah. i just got
0: so much stuff i got to catch up on. And then by the time you get to that Sunday, you're yeah. like, well, i got to get ready for next week. And yeah. Really, you need that
4: middle oh, day man, where it's I like, know. I can waste this day. Yes. And I'll still be all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get over that point where you're like, where you just happen to have drank too much the night before. And oh, then, the, the, you know, Saturday is just wait Because you're like, oh, God. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not a huge
0: drinker. And I'm yeah. very rare. But uh, a couple weeks ago, I went mm-hmm. out. With someone where I wasn't driving, Which yeah, was very rare. So yeah, like, why don't I drive? And yeah. I was like, hey, all right, all right. Let say I can't. I can't handle it anymore. I had a couple no, drinks no, next morning. I woke no. up. I thought
4: my body was like rebelling against me. I'm yeah. like, what did
0: they do? Oh, I think I'm so getting mad. to that point.
4: I'm just like, <laughs> I don't want to deal with this. what am I doing to myself? Like, you know what I mean? I, I already drink less now, just because of like yeah. the nutrition part of like working out. I'm like, well, I, I can't. Like, you know,
0: that's what a lot of people I notice like who work out and work all the time. Like, I don't know why. Like, I don't know where to cut. Wait, I'm like, are you going drinking? Because those booze and yeah, that booze that's it right, right there. You're early, feeling bloated.
4: Ah, oh, yeah. Guess what.
0: I'm hoping that the fact that I've been off of soda for like three, four oh, days yeah. now yep. and I'm leading on to that a little farther will give me another five, minus five here because hey. I'm, I'm hurting. I need to get back to the gym. I feel like I've lost. The
4: thing is with guys, they lose water weight so fast. You know what yeah. I mean? That's like the number one reason why women like have trouble. I'm not like an expert obviously, but sure, why women yeah. use like – or don't lose and stuff like that because it's the, all the water weight for some reason, they have a harder time – Getting rid of it, I do don't you, know why. Uh,
0: you do any diet type
4: stuff too? Like um, keto not diet or anything? No, good God. <laughs> first, first of all, keto is a lot of dairy, right? Keto is. Oh, I it's forget. Like high someone fat. just explained this to me,
0: and they told me that. But I think it they works. eat a lot of cheese or something. They said it works, but. You can never go back. Like it's sort of yeah. like the Atkins diet. Yeah, me, I'm gonna look it Which up. It, up. Is, it is like
4: the Atkins diet, isn't it? It is it just like something repackaged repackage as that.
0: I'm gonna look it up right now. If it like, is, diet, I'm the use is, my thing
4: yeah, screen yeah. tech here. Do it. I like how you got uh, the dual screens here. This is not this is common, fantastic. actually. <laughs> oh, just for me, special. I, Thanks a lot, I man. Why, I appreciate it. I
0: forget why I did this today. Uh, you just wanted right. to look super techy. So a uh, keto diet is very low-carb, high-fat that shares low-carb. many similarities with Atkins. Ah, so it's a okay. low-carb thing. Yeah. So again, you can do this. Just never eat carbs again for the rest. Yeah. I think the idea is that you replace what your body burns from carbs with other with like fat, fat, right? Yeah, yeah. But the minute you start adding carbs back into yep. it, you
4: blow your whole system over again. Two you, of yeah. uh, my best friends are doing this keto diet. They've been doing it for a while. They, they got off it for like a weekend though, I think at a wedding or something, and yep. then now they're they're trying to get back into it. I don't know if they have gotten back into it, but Two, my whole goal they loved it for some reason. My whole goal in life
0: yeah. is to be in decent enough shape mm. where I don't have to care what I eat. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, I, I, th- just, I think that's the goal for everyone, <laughs> I right?
3: Just I just want to work out enough, you know what? Where I like maintain yeah
0: average dad bod, and then I can still eat ribs, like, once a month. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a burrito, a
4: bear claw, you know, yeah. like,
0: uh, man. Before, <laughs> before I get to lightning round questions, just one more time to quick promote everything, and again, I'll we'll post the links for uh, Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Beautiful. Uh, but the play is One Christmas Eve, and that is going to be on July 27th, 2019. That is 7.30 at the Players of Utica Theater at 1108 State Street, Uh, Before I move on from that, I just want to ask you you, about the other two plays uh, on 26th. That's my. I think it's my friend Nick Priori who used yeah. to live in Brooklyn. Nick who Pri- is back. Oh, not sure I don't know if he lived in Brooklyn. There's a couple no different Pri- Nick Prioris, and I'm not sure if it's the same one or not. That I. Geez, I don't did this know. This guy yeah. worked for WWE briefly. Was he a, was he a writer? Oh, for WWE? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know Nick. Yeah, yeah. If that's my buddy Nick Priori, then I'm sure the play yeah. is very good. He's doing oh, he's work. a great guy, yeah. man. He's a great writer. Are you yeah, kidding one me? One and yeah. a half
4: steps or nothing to say. Is his play in
3: the 26th? Mm-hmm.
4: And, heavy, yeah, heavy, heavy, super heavy. He's a heavy guy, though. You know what I mean? Like, Like content wise, like he's just like he brings the drama, like. Yeah, yeah. Like, I couldn't, I don't think I could get that, like, you know. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta have gone through a lot of stuff.
0: You gotta mm-hmm. see a lot of stuff to, to be
4: able to pull that yeah. And
0: I, you know, again, I've sometimes gone back and stuff I've written. I'm like, this yeah. is harsh. Right, but, right. But sometimes you gotta know that the harshness is what gives it that. What sells it, yeah. 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 And then the play is on the 28th. That's Michael Clark's Teach Her, which mm-hmm. is a very clever teach her. teacher. Yeah, kind of cool yeah. Around. I thought
4: it was, have you seen the poster for this? Not yet. I haven't oh, seen okay. it yet. Uh-huh. Have, you,
0: um, have you had a chance to see either of these already?
4: Um, no, th- these are going to be the first time they're going to be First time, so you haven't yep. seen any, like, sort of nope. rehearsals nope. or anything along those no, lines? No, I've heard uh, a rehearsal slightly when my play was being rehearsed, but, yeah, like, because yeah. they're, like, rehearsing in a different area of the theater. Sure. Um, but I haven't, I didn't, I didn't really catch enough, so, but. You really, uh, you really extended out the McNamara family to help you out at Ooh, this play. Oh, I did. <laughs> Thank God there's so many of them. I know. I was like, listen, guys, you know, <laughs> you want to come audition, let's, let's do this. What are we doing here? <laughs>
0: And again, I'll put the Facebook links for all this. It's, uh, again, that's uh, 26, 27, 28th at Players Theater at Utica, and I'll link everything after we
4: get Three done. original plays, three local playwrights. I mean... And you said it's $10 for each play or yep, 25, or 25 for, for all three? or 25 for all three. That's yeah. a good deal, man.
0: Yeah. It's a great deal. I love it. Uh, go out and support local theater, folks. It's very important. Local uh, arts. Before I let you run off the door, I do have some
4: lightning round questions for you if you're
0: ready Ooh, to do a few lightning
4: round questions. Yes. Uh, Mike, where can people follow you on social media if they're interested in following you? You can follow me on my Facebook page at Mike David Burke, on Instagram at Mike D Burke, uh, Twitter Mike D., at Mike D Burke One. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah the one at the end. Yeah, it. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, so apparently, there's a zero or, there's a, or a, you know. I've this, I don't know. I've said it for years. I won't
0: get rid of the SF Doom name. Yeah. Even though I don't care one way or the other about it anymore. Yeah. Because there are so many. SF Doom One, FS Doom, uh, oh, SF Doom underscore, God. SF Doom's Three. SF, I'm like, nah, I gotta keep it now. I'm, you you know, gotta, yeah. <laughs> You've trademarked it. It's just years of being on Twitter before it was cool. Like I was there, like God, you were there when it first started. I'm like eleven years on Twitter, which is sounds insane. Yeah, but I it was just like the right wheelhouse. I think yeah. I I had friends who were in on it. who were like, yep. dude, get on here now yeah. and.
4: Smart friends then. It was they, early. You know?
0: I mean, that was the right age, too. Yeah. I'm thinking of 20, I was 22, probably, okay. 21, 22 yeah. in that first. That's right in the wheelhouse for, like, early Twitter. Yeah. Before it was ruined by, <laughs> I mean. All the Twitter yeah. used to just be, like, cat photos and movie quotes and
4: nonsense. And So and, it was Snapchat. It was Snapchat, <laughs> except less nudity. Less nudity. Uh, yeah, less nudity.
0: Uh, all right, lightning round questions. Uh, Mike D. Burke, uh, what is, if you can talk about it, the worst job you ever had?
4: The worst job I ever had um, <laughs> uh, it was actually my fault that it was the worst job I ever had. It was like it was my uh, second job. I was a pizza delivery guy. Mm-hmm. I actually worked for Fratello's in, uh, in Frankfurt. Yeah, yeah I love those guys you know they, my parents order from religiously, literally every day probably yeah, yeah. Um, but it was, it was my first job I was the delivery guy you know I do not know where I'm going at all mm-hmm. ever. I have no sense, <laughs> no sense of direction. I have never had it. Especially when I was 16. I was in my Jeep. They're like, here, you got to go here. I'm like, okay. This is before like, I knew like the Jeep. G- I had like, a flip phone. I didn't have any GPS or nothing. you yeah. know. So they're like, oh, the dress is here. They're, they're explaining things to me. I'm like, uh, yeah. I got mm-hmm. lost so many times. Honestly, so like, many people know. were angry at me. I ate their pizza. It's
0: the reason I would never do like an Uber thing. Like mm. I'm so reliant yeah. on like the GPS that like yes. I, I'm I'm like my dad used to call me one way Corrigan when I was a kid, which is like <laughs> a really old timey phrase. The fact that I only know one way to get anywhere, and oh, that's okay. it. Yeah, even if it's the long out of the out yeah, of the way. Yeah,
4: dude, that GPS is no joke though. That's, that happened that's to me right. on the Virginia trip. I literally lost <laughs> service. I'm stuck on this highway. I want a half an hour, but by the time I got service, I was a half an hour out from where I should have been. The equivalent of it is like when we were kids, right? Uh,
0: you used to have to go to like AAA if you are going on a mm-hmm. long yes. trip and they would give you right. a the trip tick, which was basically yep. a map they highlighted like yes. follow this route and you're yep. like man uh. that's a it's a really scary concept now for a lot yes. of people like I what, feel what like, did i, I do like i don't even know how to read I a map you know no idea like how to do it now sounds pathetic uh what is your favorite
4: fast food item ooh i don't do fast food actually. no fast food at all yeah i haven't had any fast food since like like yeah like 2012 probably for you, man. I mean, okay. Does pizza count? I mean, Sorry. I would. I would. I'm, I'm thinking like chains. I'm thinking like chains. Fast food, or, typically. Or no, i mean like that. Pizza is like, not fast food necessarily. I
0: think Pizza is the equivalent unless of unless like, it's like Little Caesars. I don't know what to get for dinner. Yes, I'm tired. Right, yeah, I'm gonna order a pizza. Yeah, and yeah.
4: It's not... I mean pizza in Chinese, yes, we get that. Pizza in you
0: know? Chinese, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we do. So. so no there's no like secret Taco Bell urge for you no, in your life or like anything nope, that?
4: Especially so I'm lactose intolerant. I got stomach uh, issues as a That, makes, us, that. that so, makes a big difference yeah.
0: actually. Uh, what's the most embarrassing phase that you went through growing up?
4: Oh, um, I tried to grow my hair out when I was uh fifteen. I yep. looked like a beetle, like a drowned beetle. <laughs> Yeah. It was awful. I had like the hair like this, you know, and I would fluff it up in the morning with a blow dryer yeah, yeah. and stuff, you know.
0: Knowing what I can tell already, be looking at your hair, your hair's probably not too dissimilar from mine, where it's very straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I grew that Beatles haircut out, and it did look like a Page Boy haircut right. for a while, like the hard chop. I was like, yeah. I don't know. Uh,
4: those photos are tough for me to go back
0: and look oh, at. Oh, my
3: parents
4: got them up on the wall. Damn,
3: my dad's <sighs> got a couple
0: of those photos. So that was like heavy band days. Like, yeah, I had the long enough hair where I could, yeah, yeah, like yeah, main man uh what's a movie that you
4: always what is a movie what is it let me
0: tell you what is a movie that you always stop and watch if you're flipping channels mm. uh, pineapple express pineapple express
4: or Step Brothers. you should watch
0: um if you've never seen it go watch on gq's youtube channel okay they have seth rogan talking about all the movies he's been in. oh yeah career. yeah and he I talks did... about pineapple express and it's hilarious yes i did see that interview it's a crazy movie when you think about like it's, the fact because they so mix all those genres yeah yeah and it's funny too because i remember when i was writing my
4: not writing my novel looking novel, <laughs> the american novel yeah the american-
0: <laughs> i remember describing it to people as like it's pineapple express but it's not as funny it's more serious so like well, why would i want to watch <laughs> it
4: was like i guess that's a fair point why would i want to damn read? it don't question me
0: <laughs> this is art um, if you could be in any band past or present yeah which one would you be in? Uh, Bring Me the Horizon. I know very little about that band besides their name. Okay. And I saw somebody on uh, Reddit using it to try to impress a girl about <laughs> hardcore music. She's oh. Like, oh, you ever heard Bring Me the Horizon? Please. She's, like, she's like delete. <laughs> delete. done. Uh, have you seen them live, or is that like is I a have seen live
4: them live? Or something, yeah. Or, yeah. Oh yeah, terrific live show, and just uh, I love the band. I mean, I love the mm. the lead like singer, like his his lyrics, he, just his writing is incredible. You know what yeah. I mean? So. You know, I think as I get older to see the idea of, like, coming up with brilliant song lyrics mm-hmm.
0: really is something that's impressive to yes. me Yes. Like, yeah, I go back sometimes, and not the two by one, yep. there's like 10 lyrics I've written over mm-hmm. 80 songs in my life, yeah, how many yeah, there are, that I'm like, you know what, that was pretty clever. Yeah. I don't know if I could write that again, yeah. now in hindsight, but, like, you know, like, I think, it's like, I don't know, I guess you grew up listening to certain things, like I listened right. listening to Radiohead a lot growing up, Yeah, and being, like, it took me a long time to understand any word that came out of his mouth, because it all yes. sounded... It yeah, all sounds only these like...
4: past three years I've really listened to Radiohead, because, like, you know, the McNamara's they love it, so... That makes total you know. sense. I think
0: Radiohead is so divisive. Yes. In terms of... I saw
4: an interview on uh, YouTube, they were talking about how it's, like, it's mathematics, essentially. like yeah. Or, like, when you hear Radiohead in a film, it completely changes the meaning. Yeah. No,
0: it's true. And if you look at all the guys in the band and what mm. they do otherwise, you know, Tom York has been yes. doing like, you know, music soundtracks for a while. Colin Greenwood yep. did the ones for um what is it? Uh what's that famous movie with um Danley Lewis? Why am I why am I uh where's the oil baron? There'll be blood. There'll, There'll oh, be yeah. blood, yeah. Okay. He did the soundtrack for that
3: movie, and it's just like oh, this is
0: barely a soundtrack. This is just horrifying, atonal noises, oh but it totally God. makes sense yeah, yeah. for what you're watching. Yeah, uh, that's actually, if I could go back and do it again, like as a musician, yeah,
4: that's what I think I'd get into now. Doing Soundtrack it. Soundtracks. Movie stuff. Like wa- That me, stuff is so amazing. A, yeah, give me a clip. Danny a Elfman, it. I mean, come on. <laughs> Danny Elfman always vibe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
0: uh, I got two last ones for you, real quick. Give me one book, album,
4: movie, or show you are currently listening,
0: uh, reading to, listening or watching.
4: Um, I'm currently reading the second volume of uh, Raymond Chandler's uh novels, basically. Mm. Um so those are like crime noir books yeah yeah i know the name a little bit i don't know yeah. the names of the books necessarily, uh, like, but... like the big sleep or yep. like um yeah raven Chandler. i've heard that name yeah uh, mark
0: maron talks about that occasionally because he likes detective uh, novels yeah. and stuff yeah, like that that makes yeah.
4: sense um and what am i watching right now we you guys... ju- we're, we're in the middle of watching or no we just finished shameless
0: oh nice yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. was
4: really good um actually i just started watching uh silicon valley when oh, i was nice. in virginia <laughs> <laughs> they had free hbo i was like oh man Did you watch barry uh, I watched the first episode. I finished the first and second season of
0: Barry. I can't, I can't uh, promote it loudly enough. I oh love it man! So
4: much. Well, I love that uh, was his name? I'm thinking of his name. yeah, Bill Hader. Uh, oh my god, he's so incredible. Smart.
0: It, for a guy, it, it's funny too when you see all these comedians mm-hmm. and they end up being absolutely brilliant because yeah. It, spoiler alert: It's harder to be funny than it is to be dramatic. And uh, I think yeah. that if you can be funny consistently, people are always like, "Oh, it's." That you ever see Nebraska? Will
4: Forte is such a good actor. I'm like, yeah, he's funny. Yeah.
0: You know how hard it is to be funny, like right. on command. It's a little easier to have gravitas yeah. when you're taking it seriously. Or like
4: when Will Ferrell actually does like a a, a serious role, oh, like, like he did everything. Fiction, everything yeah. must go. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. incredible. Yeah,
0: I think there's a certain level. It's funny too because you don't see it go the other way. Right. Right. Like you, it's very rare you see like. Liam Neeson show up and be hilarious, except yes. that one episode of yeah. extras, right? Right, right, right. You wouldn't see like Daniel Day Lewis showing up to do a that comedy. That would be incredible. But somehow, Maybe. yeah. But somehow, like you can put Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Club and go,
4: "Hey, you know what?
0: This guy's not so bad." Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: I was uh, going to say Keanu Reeves, but I guess he, he's done both, boy, you know? What a year Keanu Reeves is having. Oh, mm-hmm. the Keanu
0: Renaissance is back. Oh, he's my God, yeah. He's he in that... He popped up in a Netflix movie. Yeah, that saw. Always Be My Maybe yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, good for him, man. Like, the John Wick movie. Yeah, It's crazy because his career arc, if you think yep. about it, is pretty... Pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to go pull the whole arc up. That's what right, we do yeah. on the show sometimes. It'll be a but... link we have. <laughs> no, but it's true. Like, you got it. In the last, like, five years, I feel like all of a sudden people like, you know who's dope? Mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves. Yes. Like, yeah. and totally changed. on the train. Yeah. yeah all back. John Wick, I guess. Was yeah. Like. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, besides um, playwriting, besides uh, community involvement, besides podcasting, besides many of the Renaissance things you've been involved with, oh, yeah. one more thing that you, Mike D. Burke, are passionate
4: about. Ooh, wow. Um, I mean, everything I do, pretty much, right? So like the writing, the illustrating, the acting, podcasting. Mm-hmm. What else am I passionate about? You see, you are your animals guy. You guys have got to live with those mac. Yeah, cool. no, yeah, I love <laughs> animals. Um, definitely passionate about that. Literature. I, I mean, I guess it's the same as writing. Yeah, yeah. Are you reading anything, ex- anything exciting? You've been reading lately besides the
0: besides the Raymond Chandler stuff? I got one for you if you haven't. I started reading. I a new don't.
4: One. Uh, I don't right now actually. I. Yeah, I'm in a slow period of reading right now. Here's one for you. I'm I'm about 200 pages in. I got
0: about 110 pages left. I started it when I was on this DC trip. They're turning it into an HBO series that Jordan Peele is producing. Oh, man. It's called Lovecraft Country. Yeah. And it's sort of a mix between like 1950s Southern, like young black dude in the South who's getting hassled by like the Ku Klux Klan and racism, but also. There's, like, this theme of supernatural Lovecraftian horror uh, that connects with the real-life horror. Yeah, right. It's a really interesting sort of, like,
4: mix between... It sounds like a great blend, Supernatural, yeah. like...
0: Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and obviously, you know, and there's also the Lovecraft parallel, that he's kind of a racist. So, yeah. like, there's the well, connection yeah, of right. Lovecraft connecting to all the... It's really... Yeah, it, does. No, it, it sounds a great. a really interesting story. Yeah. I'm very curious to see how it gets turned into how a show. How did you get
4: turned on to it? I don't remember. Eighty club It showed maybe? up somewhere. Uh, yeah, just, it, it just magically appeared in my house. Oh. No, I think
0: it showed up on an eighty club list for like top fiction books of whatever. I like to read uh, I like to read a lot of like fiction if I can find new interesting fiction. Yep. So I I check the lists once in a while to cool. see what's out there. So uh, Mike, I want to thank you so much for coming in and spending time with us. I didn't, yeah. uh, I didn't know we'd go forty five minutes, but uh, uh, yeah, I out. mean,
4: yeah, you know, thanks for having me. Absolutely uh, appreciate it. And
0: again, it. folks, uh, I will link everything for the twenty nineteen Playwright Festival uh, on our uh, on the website when we're done. But again, uh, Mike Burke, your play One Christmas Eve, uh, July twenty seventh, seven thirty to nine p.m. at uh, Players View Theater at eleven oh eight State Street. Uh, we we'll look forward to seeing it. Best of luck for you, sir. Thank thanks you. For
4: thanks a lot. Back to the show.
3: right, and thank you once again
0: to Mike Burke. Um, I'll post the links for all the the different plays of the 2019 Playwright Festival on the website. I tried to write a play once when I was younger in my creative days. Yeah, Yeah, it was a, I I shit you not, it was a musical version of Nightmare on Elm Street that I tried to pitch to my middle school drama club to do and they told me absolutely not. Uh, I've also pitched a musical version of Jaws, which I think would be really good.
3: I
1: think that Nightmare on Elm Street's better.
2: Nightmare on Elm Street, you I can do... I would go do, watch that. You do that? I would go <laughs> well, watch that. Well, because you've got actual characters.
1: Yeah. Jaws, you got those, three guys
2: in a robot shark. What are
1: you going to do for your mechanical shark Maybe four if
0: you count so, the mayor. So, in I kept thinking about, like, remember the, the movie Little Shop of Horrors? Yeah. That was a Broadway yeah. play. And what they did is they had, like, the animatronic... Not the animatronic, like, the the giant puppet plant, right? So you have to have the three humans, right? And then you have to have the shark as like a puppet, Would it right? be
1: more of a comedy Jaws than a? Well, it's a musical, so it's well, got to yeah, be kind of funny, but,
0: right? Okay. Like, yeah. like the the assumption is the shark will have a song at some point in time, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, you could have like a song called "This no. You're Gonna Need a Bigger Boat." A the first half is on Long Island. The second <laughs> half is just on the boat. Second act. I'm telling you, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of space here.
1: Come on, they make, el- no, they make they musicals out back, of crap. Go back to the Nightmare on Elm Street. I feel like that's, that could really happen. That
0: one is interesting to me, too, though. Like could You could really do a happen. lot more. That one's unreal, that's yeah. That's
1: awesome. I would watch it. Like, I would that's roll. high level. But this Jaws, you're not selling it. The Jaws,
0: yeah. The Jaws one was a weird
2: passion Sorry. project. Just it
3: just, is. It's
0: true. Nightmare on Elm Street, I was trying to think of how you could do funny. Because you could do the interesting visuals of that. Nightmare on It's, like it. yeah. it's kinda of, Yeah, it is kind of Dude, funny. It doesn't take itself very seriously. You
3: should still stick that idea.
0: There's a lot of, like, I'm trying to think of other movies that are like, legal, there's like a legally blonde musical. There's like, there's a lot of movies. Like, there's these an elf movies musical. all have
2: characters and don't rely on a singing shark. Yeah. Right, right, right.
0: I
1: will,
2: yeah,
0: I'm saying, like,
1: Baby Shark will play ba- You play Baby <laughs> Shark. God,
0: you would have to. Uh, all right, let's go through this week's history lessons. Some of these are predictable because of the week that it is, uh, including this one. On this day, 1776, U.S. Congress proclaims the Declaration of Independence. And independence. From Britain. Uh, interestingly enough, though, even after the initial battles in the Revolutionary War, not uh, not all the colonists desired complete independence from Great Britain, and those who did were considered uh, somewhat radical. Uh, things wouldn't actually change uh, would change over the course of the next year, however, as Britain attempted to crush the rebels and all the force of its great army. In his message to Parliament on October 1775, King George rallied against the rebellious co- uh, colonies and ordered the enlargement of the Royal Army and Navy. When that news reached America, it strengthened the radicals' cause, leading more conservatives to abandon the hopes of reconciliation. Uh, and it was also in that same month that the uh, incredibly important publication, Common Sense by Thomas Paine, uh, sold more than 150,000 uh, copies uh, and helped to argue that independence was a natural right for the people of this country. Do um, you guys know who wrote the Declaration of Independence? Who's historically? Can you name it for me? Just for sake of argument. No.
1: the people who signed
0: it? Yeah, who's the guy who wrote it? He's our third president.
1: But no, no, i Thomas Jefferson. There you go, yeah, Thomas I, I Jefferson. I am not my brain well. <laughs> uh,
0: So what initially happened was on June 7th of 1776, uh, Delegate Richard Henry Lee uh, introduced a motion, he was a Virginia delegate, uh, calling for the colony's independence before the, Col- uh, the Continental Congress uh, at Pennsylvania State House in Philadelphia. Although they didn't figure it out at the time, they basically created a five-man committee. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Roger Sherman, Ben Franklin, and New York's own Robert R. Livingston uh, to draft a formal statement justifying the uh, break from Great Britain. Uh, Congress officially adapted the Declaration of Independence uh, later. Uh, on the, They say the 4th of July is when we celebrate, but most historians now accept that it probably wasn't signed until like August 3rd. Hmm. So in reality, we should be waiting another month to we celebrate have- our independence, but that's okay. July Fourth got a nice ring to it. It's
1: okay. Utica plays fireworks every night in the summer. No, we're good.
0: <laughs> uh, it became a significant landmark in the history of democracy. In addition to its importance in the fate of the fledgling United Nation uh, of the American Nation, it also uh, had tremendous influence outside of the U.S., particularly in France during the uh, French Revolution. And together with the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, it is counted as one of the three most essential founding documents of the United States government. I mean, I don't have any further backup. Here's your there's your July 4th history lesson. Do you guys have any cool July 4th plans I should be aware of? Do you guys going to see the fireworks?
1: I'm going up to camp.
0: Where I mean, you, is that Inlet? Yeah. They'll do fireworks it's up there, on, don't oh they? Yeah, they do in the water. They're, they're pretty concrete. great. You can sit
1: right on the beach and watch them.
0: Typically, Kevin, in the past, we've gone up north for the 4th of July. I don't think we're going this year. Obviously. Years ago, yeah. Yeah. It's a shame because our buddy Pat from Florida probably isn't coming in for the 4th of July now, so it doesn't Never give us enough reason. Yeah. Never again. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to do now for Fourth of July. I, I don't like to go to the fireworks by myself I'm necessarily. Really like the
3: fireworks. I just go when home. I was a
0: kid, I loved it. Yeah, and now as I get older, it's like the hassle of going to the fireworks. And just, parking. Yeah, parking. Like, now you just walk down there. I guess you live close enough. Well, no, it's gone now. No, it's not the It's not in the park anymore. No. Damn. It's in the yeah. park park. For and like and like you get bit 10 by bugs. Years. There's nothing
1: fun about sitting out watching
2: fireworks. Wow, nothing at all. You don't like it at Unless all. Unless
1: you're up like, north. It's beautiful up north. Like a nice scenery. <laughs>
2: Yeah, they got no. That well, that is one of the nice things about you know being up north is there's no bugs. It's true. Everybody lots knows there's bugs. no. I know there's lots of bugs, hey, there. Tons of bugs. Um, have you ever done like? Um, I went <laughs> to. This... Park is beautiful, the hidden gem of this city. Gets no respect. I went to. Uh... People don't know the little stuff back there. They only know. about oh, the, you from mean the, road. the trails and stuff? Oh, yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Trails. Yeah, we've been
1: from back there. Um, okay. I
2: went
0: to Disneyland once oh, in the summertime, bad. and they. I got to see like a Disney fireworks show. It wasn't like a Fourth of July thing or anything. It's just like a Disney fireworks show. It's crazy how much money they spend on just a regular fireworks show because it was like the best fireworks show I have ever seen. It, it was they for the no money. reason. It was insane. And
1: people watch it on TV too. you watching... Really? Yeah, people watch it on TV.
0: Well, it's because it's got like big giant Mickey Mouse ear shaped fireworks. <laughs> Some people can't leave their house because they're all old. Um, crap it. All right, on this date, uh jeez, eighteen ninety eight. A lot of early ones this year, this week. My uh, gosh. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt and his Rough Riders charged up San Juan Hill. Uh, and this was uh, in the middle of the. This was to take on the greatly outnumbered Spanish forces at the Santiago de Cuba. Uh, this led to the Spanish surrender and the end of the Spanish American War. In uh, its July 4th, 19, uh, 1898 edition, the New York Times wrote that veteran uh, commanders and men who passed through the Civil War. Uh, our listed admiration of the admirable uh, of the indomitable daring and supreme courage of the regulars and volunteers in this open engagement of war. Man, New York Times still still writing weird nonsense in 1898. Uh, no regiment was more celebrated than the First United States Volunteer Cavalry, better known as the Rough Riders, a diverse group that included Western cowboys, college men, blacks, and Native Americans. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt resigned from his assistant secretary of the Navy position at the outbreak of the war so he could form the regiment and take part in the fighting. Uh, Roosevelt's actions at San Juan Hill advanced his political career, helping him become vice president and later re-elected as president. Uh, A vast majority of presidents who have served in the military, including George Washington, William Henry Harrison, Zach Taylor, Ulysses S. Grant, uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, Uh, However, three of the last four presidents, uh, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, have no military experience, while George Bush only had experience as a member of the Texas Air National Guard. Uh, In Obama's election, he defeated McCain, who was a veteran war hero. So I guess my question is, do we not look for military experience uh, as a defining quality in our leaders anymore? Is it changing?
2: I mean, World War II was a long time ago.
0: Right, well, yeah, we don't have an, a recent war yeah. for somebody who's running for it, I yes. suppose, right? Yeah,
2: not really. And, like, I mean, you pull, I mean, sure, we've are got, we, like... We really I mean, we've we've been at war since, you know, Right. World War One, but, like, that's mostly just to flesh out the pockets like, the military-industrial complex and pay defense contractors who pay off the congressmen. So there's not, like, a like ra- an actual honorable, like, war that people are fighting. In World War Two, we could feel good about what we're doing and feel good about our victory and, you know... As far as what we're doing in Iraq and Afghanistan, we've got no room to feel good about that. Like when somebody tells me, "Yeah, I was over in Iraq for four years," I'm not like, "Oh my god, that's amazing." I'm like, "Sorry," I'm like, "You poor, poor (laughs) Poor guy," you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so it's not it's not the same because like there's just there's different stuff that people do. But yes, we're less reverential to people with military service in elected positions in the wake of because the last time that the, the, the military and war has personally touched every American's life. Is generations ago. Yeah. That's a great, it's a fair point because
0: there's, there's definitely like congressmen and people in you know, the House of Representatives and Senate sure. and, and who are Afghan war veterans, yeah, yeah. Iraq war veterans. And it's not, it's yeah. not
2: to, to disparage those people, it's nothing like that. That's not what I'm trying to say. It's but, just but, not current. But yeah, the last it's time that it brain, touched it's in World current. War II, the war that we were in touched every single American yeah. intimately day yeah. to day to day to day to day, sure. those people were marketed as heroes. And we live in a different time too where you know, we have a lot more access to information than we used to.
0: Uh, I'm going to skip past this 1858 one uh, because there's a Sick. lot. Yeah, uh, But it was basically just on this day, Charles Darwin and Alfred Russell Wallace uh, mm-hmm. pr- uh, discussed their uh, theory of evolution uh, at the uh, Linneum Society of London. was one of the first times that evolution had been discussed in that way. Are you surprised more people aren't anti-evolution the way that they're pro-Flat Earth? Like I feel like Flat Earth... Like, are you like, kidding me? I don't see as many people
2: who are anti-evolution. you live in New York. It's, That's what I'm it's saying. It's bigger than Flat Earth. Is it bigger? It's the hot in... Oh my, are you... Yeah. It's like bigger. This... It's bigger than flat. It's bigger than flat Earth and anti-vax combined. Far it's away. Combined.
0: Yeah, probably. I feel like the science on the evolution stuff is harder to press because it's just
2: a lot. You of... You would s- think so. You think so? You I would guess. think so. But the the science on the Earth being flat is impossible <laughs> very, to press. <laughs> yet true. somehow they pressed it real flat.
0: Uh, <laughs> all right, so I'll just move on from that one then. Uh, on this day, 1984. Now we're talking. Uh, the Motion Picture Association of America added a new rating to its movie listings, the PG-13 rating. At the time, the original ratings were G, PG, R, and X, which is which seems kind of weird in hindsight. Uh, uh why did what was the movie? Do you guys know what the movie that they that came out that they added the PG-13 rating for?
1: 1984?
2: It was a movie that had come out in May of yes, 1984. That's what I don't remember. It's a Steven Spielberg classic. Yeah, it is a okay, Steven Spielberg. I want to say. It's Not that Honey, Attractive now. No. no, I want a not, sequel. It's not. E-
1: oh, it's a sequel.
2: It's a sequel. Now I got nothing for you. Indiana Jones and the Temple oh. of Doom. See, I was gonna say Raiders of the Lost oh. Ark. Wait, wait, when the hell did Raiders of the Lost Ark come out? Jeez.
0: Before, before 84, obviously. Which by
2: they're all well, I mean, out Clearly, anything. I didn't realize that came out
0: that late. Seventies maybe. Late 70s. I didn't know that. I I, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Jaws is 70... 70
2: 72 or three.
0: Might be later than that. Uh, You want to look that up on your phone for me when Raiders of the Lost Ark came out? Okay. uh, Yeah, uh, so Spielberg was really involved in this. Uh, Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom came out in May 1984 and was decidedly dark Including very intense human sacrifice scenes.
2: Kalima. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, it's funny that they had to make a lesser rating for that when when Doctor Shakaloo there puts his whole arm in the guy's <laughs> chest cavity yeah. and pulls his heart uh, out. At the time, it was, was
1: 1981.
2: It? A1. So okay. yeah, still
0: yeah, still earlier than I thought it was. It's fine. Uh, earned a PG rating, Temple of Doom, did at the time, but many parents objected, saying it was simply too intense for young kids. Saying that man has his arm in that man's
3: chest. <laughs>
0: Uh, so Spielberg phoned up the Motion Picture Association of America and talked to this guy Jack Valenti. and this is from his this is a quote from Spielberg. I had come under criticism for both Temple of Doom and Gremlins in the same year. I remember calling Jack Valenti and suggesting to him that we needed a rating between R and PG because so many films fell into that nether world uh, of unfairness. Uh, I suggested let's call it PG 13 or PG 14 depending on uh, how you want to design the slide rule. Uh, he called him back within the hour and said, we decided that PG-13 is the right age for that temper, uh, temperature of movies. Uh, and Spielberg says he's been very proud that he had something to do with that rating uh, for a long time. Very quickly, it became the middle ground. It was a practical compromise. Uh, and it allowed parents to make age-related policy decisions about these middle ground movies on their own. The very first film to be released uh, was in August 1984 to, with the PG-13 rating was the classic Teen action movie, Red Dawn. The very first PG-13 movie. That's a good movie. Um, So I I came up with a list of some movies that came out before the rating system came out that were listed as PG. And I'm just going to run through them real quick. Number 10, Greece. Greece is a PG movie, 1978. Uh, Greece seems like it's probably okay.
1: I watched it before I was 13.
0: Did you watch it on TV? Yeah. Did you watch the actual movie version of it? Because it's filthy. It it. is, go listen to the lyrics to the song Greased Lightning. Not the TV version, like the actual lyrics of the song. And it's like, that itself is rated R. That is a filthy, filthy, filthy song. 1988, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, PG. Should that that have been PG-13? Yeah,
1: Jessica Rabbit's a little bit... uh, Jessica
0: Rabbit, a little sexy. uh, (laughs) uh, What's his name? Christopher Lloyd there, the Mm -hmm. doom guy at the end. A little scary. I was scared of that as a kid. But that's what PG means, though, right? Watch with parental guidance.
1: Yeah, but some things like... Well, I know,
0: but... Now, you bring up a great point because my other question I had on here is what's the difference between G and PG? Is a G movie nothing? Is there nothing? It's it's like all
1: cartoons. Like, well, then, now now, not then. Then it was all cartoons. Yeah. Now it's...
0: Was the only thing that kept Roger, uh, Roger Rabbit PG the fact that it was a cartoon, theoretically? Like, was any movie that was a cartoon after a certain period a PG movie, even if it was like an edgy cartoon? I don't think right. it
2: needed to be PG-13. Mm-hmm. You don't think so? No. So this one you think is okay? Well, yeah. sec- I think of- Grease is okay, too. it, was, it mm-hmm.
1: had a lot of sexual con- like, talk, and I think that it was... That was Roger Rabbit.
2: for Yeah, but a lot of that stuff was there and put to fly over the head of the kids, just like, I mean, everything. Everything mm-hmm. the kids watch has that. All, like, the Nicktoons we grew up watching have mm-hmm. all that stuff.
3: How many sex jokes are
2: there in Spongebob?
3: No yeah. Uh, Rocko's Modern Life was basically... That's a... Yeah. yeah. Just a lot
1: of the that
0: stuff. we like hanging out. Well, <laughs> well, so I, I mean... <laughs> well, I guess so. Let's run through the rest of these lists. These are some more PG movies. I won't spend as much time, but if you guys hear one that you think uh, sticks out as it should have been PG-13, let me know. Number eight was Gremlins, 1984. That was PG. I mean... I PG. I love Gremlins, but that movie was That's scary. scary. <laughs> it's a scary movie. And it's, a, and it's very violent, especially the end.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: There's usually like in each of these movies that I'm to mention at least one scene that you're like, that's a messed and up scene for a kid nightmare. to watch. And I would say that for Gremlins it's Yeah,
2: am I would be I think that it's more I think you need to be more careful with violence than you do like some double entendre in a song yes. or like yeah, yeah, yeah. cartoon cleavage that kids don't understand is a thing. I think violence is where you really get into the for point sure. where you know, you've got to keep an eye on the kids and explain it to them. So,
0: would you say that Raiders of the Lost Ark, Beetlejuice, and Ghostbusters, those are my next three, those are all okay, is PG? The only thing with Ghostbusters is Ghostbusters has a scene where Dan Aykroyd gets a blowjob from a ghost. So, and the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. i got to figure Raiders of the Lost Ark, but yeah... The end of Raiders of Lost Ark with the melting faces is something. But
2: it's also, and part of it I is... I did Ghostbusters as PG-13. It, part, it's not. Part it, of it is a lot no. less, though, about what, like, kids can handle. It's just about, like, parents getting more overprotective as time goes on. You know what I mean? That's true. That's a huge part of it, too. Like, parents wanting to keep their kid in this, like, weird little bubble where they don't see anything. Or uh-huh. Ever be scared their entire childhood. I saw all those movies,
3: and I. That's true. Like, I love all I these movies, by the <laughs> way. These are all
0: great movies, by the way. Uh, Jaws number four. I mean, Jaws is probably fine, except for the incredibly violent Quint death at the end. That's that's pretty brutal. That's right. like R rated right there. Uh, number three, Bad News Bears is well, a PG movie. Too. Yeah, the nudity. I Bad News I Bears. Never, I barely remember what that. Means. I mean, we've no. talked about you can't make Bad News Bears they anymore. Swear. They I swear. Really that's know. why it's very well. They swear. It's also like really politically incorrect mm-hmm. that movie for nineteen seventy six. Uh, two, movie I never saw called Watership Down, 1978. It was a yeah. cartoon about rabbits. It was very violent. Nobody knows. And, of course, number one, Poltergeist, which was oh one that was... Oh, my gosh,
1: that scared me. That movie scared Poltergeist me. is... That's is... PG-13. That, PG, that should have been PG-13. That should have been PG-13. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a scary movie. I don't know. All right, very good. Uh, and let's move on to our last one for the week. Uh, on this day, 1991. We talked about it a lot over the last two weeks in other conversations. Uh, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, is released... In Century City, California, a 1991 science uh, fiction film starring uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, Robert Patrick, Edward Furlong, and directed by James Cameron. Uh, The visual effects in this movie are what people really latched onto at the time. It was uh, one of the first times uh, a natural human motion uh, from a computer-generated character was used. Uh, It also won Academy Awards for Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, Best Makeup, and Best Visual Effects. It was the highest grossing film of 1991. Uh, This was like a super important movie for me growing up. This was one of the first R-rated movies that I had to convince my parents to let me watch. My dad rented it. I got in like an argument with my mom because she didn't want me to watch it. She thought it was too violent. My sisters and dad were like, no, it's fine. They can watch He can watch it with us. Uh, and I was indeed horrified of it after it was over with. Do you guys have any memories or thoughts about this movie? Good movie. Yeah. Do you remember it at all?
1: I remember some of it.
0: Did it scare you? No. No, I was terrified of it. I think the liquid metal thing was too much for me. I didn't, I didn't the tear- only thing
2: that scared me about it when I was a kid was the nuclear holocaust aspect. Yes. I was always good. When I was a kid, like when I was growing up, I was always I I don't know when the line came, but the line came early where I understood like this is a movie. Yeah. sure you know what sure. i mean like this is just a robot guy in a movie and this is wild but like the very realistic nuclear holocaust in los angeles where she turns into like ash Skeletal, yeah that was scary yeah, heavy. stuff that was real was always scary to me like i was more scared of war breaking out or nuclear attack or something like that, that than i happen. was like hmm. robots and monsters and dinosaurs and whatever else it might be See, this didn't scare me as a monster, but the idea of, like... I don't, there, there's not really destroy ad, There's some really adult <laughs> stuff
0: in this movie, and it's pretty intense. Like, I totally missed as a kid all the time travel stuff where they go back and meet the guy who starts what's basically the apocalypse and lay it all on him. That's a heavy scene, that dude, Miles Dyson, who finds out he causes the apocalypse.
2: But that stuff's not heavy for a kid, because kids don't understand. Kids don't it. understand yeah. it, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, people say... <laughs> This is on the list at numerous times as anywhere between 1, 2, and 3 for some of the best sequels ever made. Especially sequels that are better than the originals. The other ones tend to be Godfather and Alien and Aliens. Those tend to be the popular ones. Empire Strikes Back, too. Empire Strikes Back, People yeah. People go hammer time for that movie. Yeah. It is better than the original Star Wars, to be fair. Low it's, bar. Well, I mean, it's just a different story. Um, Alright, so... What's interesting about this movie, though, is after Terminator 2, there have been multiple attempts to reboot this movie, and all of them have failed. Uh, In 2003, there was Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, which I went to see and paid real money for in the theater, and man, did it suck. It's a crappy movie. And then, in 2009, they tried to reboot it again with a film called Terminator Salvation, this one taking place in the future... Where the nuclear apocalypse is already happening, starring Christian Bale. I was really excited for this movie. It also blows. And then <laughs> in 2015, they rebooted it again with Terminator Genesis. This was I've never a, heard of that one. yeah. Terminator Genesis was supposed to start a new trilogy. Uh, it had it had um, James Cameron back as producer. It had Schwarzenegger in it, and that one also terrible, sucks. So we've given There's up on three. One. There's a new one coming out this year called Terminator Dark Fate which is going to serve as an alternate sequel to Terminator 2 and ignore everything that came afterwards.
2: This is the thing I don't understand about all these people. Like I that's the best way to go. It's a smart way to do it. But like if I feel like watching, if I feel like I need some Terminator related content, I'll just watch Terminator 2. I don't exactly. need a third yeah. Terminator movie. It's and it, also it's way too late. Like they came out in 91, stop. It's over. It's over. All right. So there we go. That's no. our history lesson. I've got a history lesson for everybody. What do you got for me? On this day in 1996, 23 years ago, um, your Los Angeles Lakers, and by that I mean my Los Angeles Lakers, <laughs> traded Vlade Divac to the Charlotte Hornets for their uh, number 13 first round draft pick, a gentleman named Kobe Bryant. Ah. On this day, 23, oh, 23, years, 23 ago. years ago. Traded Vlade Divac to get uh, the young out of high school, Lower Mary in Philadelphia, um, the rest, as they say, is history.
3: I've ah.
0: given I've given this story many times to people, not on the podcast, but in general, about why I sort of like the even though I'm a Knicks fan, why I like awesome. the Lakers. Uh, I think is because in 2001, when Pat was still living here and you and I were becoming close friends and sort of such, we spent a lot of time watching Lakers games in that basement with Pat. And I've been kind of out on basketball for a while since like the mid sort of late 90s when me and my was dad that, like ninth
2: grade. My, my dad stopped watching, basically. Well, no, that's so, so yeah, you're yeah, yeah. saying that, that yeah. time, 2001, was like, what, ninth grade? Yeah,
0: but watching so. Kobe and watching those Lakers teams was actually one of the things that really got me back into watching basketball. Because in the same way that, like, Jordan played when we were growing up, I was attracted to the greatness of it. I was like, wow, this guy is amazing. I want to see more of him. So, shout-out to Kobe Bryant for getting me back into basketball in 2000, 2001 times for those Lakers teams. Uh, all right went really long on those history lessons. I didn't mean to go that long. Um, so let's do two quick uh, mailbag questions, some other blogs, and then we'll move on here. Uh, here's another restaurant question. I thought about this this week. Why do servers ask you if you've been to the restaurant before when you sit down? This is an easy one for me to answer. That's a real question. That's a real question somebody put. Uh, I mean, it takes it. Makes no a shortage of, of fools in the world. That's <laughs> what i say. Makes you... If you know what the restaurant's whole spiel is, if you know the way it works, I don't have to give you the spiel again. If you're a regular, I don't need to go through the whole process with you. That's why you ask. You try and figure out if the person had an experience there before. Figure
2: out how much guidance the person needs. Yeah.
0: Yeah, figure out how much guidance they need, how much you need to walk them through it. I mean, that's that's simply it. It's not just to troll you guys, right? Like...
2: No, I don't. I, I think anybody. I can't believe there's even a real person who thinks or wonders that.
0: I went to Texas Roadhouse this weekend for the first time uh, for my nephew's birthday, and you know they did they did that to us there, right? They asked like, "Have you been here before? Do you know what it is?" And I didn't. I don't know, I never even really thought of. it. I don't know why this was a question that people were so caught up about.
1: Do you have, like more corporate businesses, um, yeah, of restaurants? Because I never get at any new restaurant I've been to. Of course. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I think never... sometimes it's a gimmick though, because at Carmine's, when I was working at Carmine's. We would ask that question because Carmine's specifically does those big family style meals. Because there's stuff you have to know about yeah. the restaurant.
2: Well, that's because corporate restaurants, one thing for you know, give them as give them the much flack as you want. I mean, one of the people who lead that charge, but they actually have codified service standards that every independent restaurant I've ever been to would benefit from adopting a little bit more rigid structure in their service standards. Because mm-hmm. when you go into any restaurant, you should get the same level of experience okay. no matter who's waiting on you. Correct. Not just like, oh, well, point. I've got this one bartender slash server today who's hung over and doesn't give a shit if I'm here, so I have no idea what's good on this menu. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Or you get somebody who goes above and beyond the next day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons you'll see that all the time in corporate restaurants. Same thing with, like, a 2 bite check back where they pop back ask you, how is everything? Is everything cooked okay right as soon as you're getting into the yeah. meal? You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people may be annoyed by it, but the people who are annoyed by stuff like that are the people who are annoyed by everything, and those people are the worst anyway, so. Uh,
0: Can I give you my quick letter grade on Texas Roadhouse? Sure. B minus. Oh, that's being nice. C plus. C plus? I, I didn't, didn't I, I don't know. Everyone says it's so great. I didn't I, didn't, I didn't, I thought it was just fine. I'm with you on that. Didn't do it for me. Didn't get me as excited. Steak was okay.
2: Road what was would you food? have needed to be excited? Yeah, if you're buying ribs at like a corporate chain restaurant, you're right in your own grave right there. They're a steakhouse though, weren't they supposed to have steak? Right? Ste- yeah, they got steak. I had a couple bites of their steak. It was fine. It was. I don't know.
0: I didn't. I didn't know <coughs> what about it was supposed to make me go. Oh yeah, this yeah. place is like. Yeah. It just felt like any yeah, other I think sort, sort of grandma's house. Yeah, it's was fine. It It's just fine. Uh, all right, and, is dinner at grandma's house a bad thing? Depends how much grandmother. My grandmother on the Italian side could not cook certain foods. Like she would make me chicken wings but bake them in the oven because she found that I like chicken wings and they were gross and I hated it. Uh, Sorry, grandma.
2: She's not leaving them in long enough. No. <laughs> got to toss them in baking powder before you put it in and make sure you get that broil like the last couple minutes so they get crispy. All
0: right. And last but not least on this question, uh, one more question for you. Is it just me or are people way more worried about germs now than they were when we were oh, kids? Oh, yes. Yes. Yes.
2: I'm horrible yes,
1: yes, yes, now. Yes. I'm really bad. I never cared people about things like I do now. I'm one of them. Yeah.
2: People am one the BK, of them. You do want to know why? Tell me when you're ready for me to tell you why. No, that's can good. I, I that's you only, tell me why I'm feeling this.
0: way. His only quote was basically, "Maybe it's just that I grew up on a farm, but germs are good for you. Toughens up your immune system. I have no evidence for this, but I wholeheartedly believe it there's to be true." There's
2: peer-reviewed medical journals and scientific studies that say that's exactly true. Yeah,
0: no, I think that's a fair, there's a fair point to that. Like, you mean can't be afraid of getting a little dirt on your hands? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the life we live. In. I do notice, like, my nephew is a little bit of a germaphobe now. If yeah. you like touch his. Fork. He needs a new fork. I'm like, buddy, you're gonna struggle when you get out to the real world.
1: I think it's because parents now see more things that medical mm-hmm. issues and diseases people get, and they're so nervous that their kid is gonna get one of the things that they read about. But yeah, that's
2: Par- it's, it's a two prong thing. Um, number one, people are over marketed to about all these theoretical diseases and germs that their their kids can pick yes. up, or they can pick up. They're over marketed to by the people who sell these products. The threat hasn't grown, but the perception of the threat has grown. For sure. And secondary, I think, for a lot of people when it comes to just themselves, especially as we get older, the world goes on, the world turns into a darker place, you know, everything's chaotic, everything's out of control. People are generally scared and feel like it's kind of dark times. They have no way to exert any kind of control. So they feel like if they're using hand sanitizer, they're controlling their own life and they're doing something proactive and that makes people feel better.
0: I've heard hand sanitizer is bullshit by the way.
2: No. Yeah. That doesn't do anything
0: for you, yeah. Know. Nah, I don't think it works either. Uh, we didn't get to a lot of stories I wanted to get to this week. We'll save a couple of them for next week, including, apparently, did you, know, you guys know you can, uh, you can trademark swear words now? Totally new? In case you want to come up with your own swear word? Uh, right, here's, here's our here's our story for the week. I mentioned this to you earlier, Heather. There is a national tortilla shortage across yeah. the country, and it is impacting menu items at our local Taco Bell. Uh, a national shortage for Taco Bell's big tortilla manufacturer means no burritos, crunch wraps, or quesadillas for local residents of this area. The Yorkville Taco Bell was—they uh, talked to this afternoon. Uh, staffers said that they will be expecting a shipment of tortillas by the end of this week or early next week.
1: I can't go get a burrito right now. You
0: cannot. You can go get—you can get a soft taco. You can get a crunchy bowl. You can get a chalupa. Uh, certain things that. are still there, but no quesadillas, no oh, burritos, no crunch wraps. Nothing. Stinko. It's. I'm why? telling you. Why? are
1: they having a shortage? Where there? Why? The national
0: shortage. There's not wow. enough tortillas out there. I'm why? telling you. Why? Uh, it doesn't say in the article. It's only article, interesting for the why. I want to know why. Doesn't why say in is the there article. A shortage? My assumption would be because of the terrible growing season we've had and the fact there's probably less, you know, like corn and vegetation out there. It's you? not time for that to
2: flower
1: shells. It's not time for that to proliferate. Yet. Shells. Uh, yeah, fl- flower
2: shells. Yeah. For flower shells have nothing to do with corn. Also, the corn in the bad growing season now won't become apparent until harvest season at the earliest so it I'm couldn't really upset be i'm really didn't find out why i'm, I'm looking right now for you look it up i'm looking out, look out it. right now uh has something to do with nafta apparently uh that makes sense mm. that makes sense well i'll i'll follow up on this Please. later on uh thank you
0: guys for joining us this week it was an excellent show thanks to mike uh mike d burke for joining us and check out his 2019 uh player will play one christmas eve on july 27th uh you can follow heather at heatherwaz one uh, you can follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. You can follow me at SF Doom, or just follow the show at Udicast. We are on Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts. We're taking over the web. Uh, Woodstock lives. Keep it tight. cyanara. Humanize uh, the tape machines are rolling. We are desperately out of time. We will see you next week on another episode of the Udicast. Oh, yes.